Hello and welcome to another episode of Holding It Down with Three Plates Tommy. Today we got a show, a very good show. I got some of my friends and the, the legend, the one and only Good Time Charlie, Charlie Cartwright. We're going to hear a story, we're going to talk, share some joints, chill and just have a good time. Uh, we also have with us telling stories and talking with me and Charlie is Brad Mariachi, tattoo artist, and uh, Drew from Tattoo Land, who's actually uh, works at, like right now, currently at Tattoo Land, something that Charlie himself started back in the day. But yeah, thank you, Charlie, for coming here with us and sharing your time and and having us here and, and you know, opening your doors for us and and letting us record and, and listen to your story. It's 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 an honor to be here with you. You know, we all came right here to hear your the stories that you have to tell, and and everyone out there that's listening and watching. You know, a lot of people that uh, are watching this show. Sometimes some guys are at work, uh, cruising, drivers, or guys that are doing you know forklift drivers, wherever. Just they listen to the thing on on audio, and we actually have the video, so you get the best of both worlds. You know, but. Thank you for being on here with us, and and thank you guys. Thank Drew and and Brad for taking you guys' time and making it down here. Brad drove down here from Sacramento, and 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 we're here. You know, thank you. Well, thanks for being here. It's uh, it's good to have all you guys, and I'm sure uh, we'll have a great time talking about some stuff, some cool caca that probably nobody's ever heard before from each one of us so i've never heard that term before (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well anyway yeah so here we are in modesto california and uh i've been here 35 years and had uh i was the pioneer of this valley uh you had to go for a hundred miles either direction any direction to get a tattoo when i came here yeah and now they're everywhere and so when i first came right away my wife told me you 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 should establish a moratorium get them to to limit the so you can be grandfathered in and 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 then uh you know limit it to you know maybe one bad guy so you can talk crap about each other and all that stuff you know but but you know, ha- have it just a b- very limited, and I said, "Nah, I, you know, it's all pretty uh, untutored around here, and so we'll just see how it rolls." Well, you know, I watched the years go by, and now they say, and I, you know, I could be wrong, but the health department told me when I closed my shop two and a half years ago that there were eighty, count them, eight zero tattoo operations in my area so if everybody's a tattooer now i just thought why am i even here anymore yeah you know so anyway i'm still a part of the industry i'm you know trapped in the history of it and i and i don't mind that i loved everything about what happened uh in my lifetime concerning tattoos and uh i know they're here to stay uh, that's for sure what year, like, when you first got into tattooing, what what year was that? 
they got you into. Well, in 1955, I my eyes were open to the world of tattoo when I saw a guy with a full, fully full body illustration of uh, uh, animals in the wild, and it was his body was tattooed like a jungle. And even though it was done with traditional style <coughs> art. I will call it, you know, simple elephants and simple alligators and stuff. It, still, the representation was there. And uh, and when I saw this guy, who I asked him to, you know, give me a light, uh, we were both on opposite corners at, at the last bus out of town that night, going opposite directions. And so I said, hey, man, you got any fire over there? I got a cigarette, but no no lighter. And he said, okay. I ran over, and he hit that Zippo, and I leaned in to light it, and, and I saw the V of his khaki shirt open, and there's like a vine or rope or something, and and, and I could see darkness, and I said, what, what, what do you got tattooed there? And uh, I, I said, oh, how many tattoos do you have? That's what I said. He said, one. And I said, well, let me see it. And so he starts doing this. And I thought, well, this guy's lying. He's going to show me something on his arm. And and I already see one on his chest. Well, it was all connected. Damn, it was all one big old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it, it, it was all right, the one right big stuff. Piece. Yeah, and, and I thought, I said, wow, I got to figure out how you do that. And that started it all. Yeah. So the only thing I was hip to was hand poked uh, all the all the North End was Mexican. Uh, the ten percent of the population was Mexican where I lived, and they all lived in the North End. And and so all those guys had hand poked tattoos, and and so that's really all I was uh, kind of even related to at that time. So I started doing that and continued doing that. And then I got my third car right after that. And I uh, started tattooing out of that. And, out, of, uh, out of the car? Yeah. And How so was that? I'd lay them on the back seat and for chest or stomach work or, you know. And, yeah. Right there in the. In the uh, and kneeled next to them. Yeah, I, I tattooed. Mo- mobile uh, tattooing? I was at the end of the parking lot at the shopping center. And and there and there was only a grocery store, and uh, a, a burger bar, and the cozy arcade, and the pool hall, and the liquor store. So it was all right there. It was like they, a strip. Yeah, and these guys just—they were either, you know, <laughs> they could have their fun at any one of those parts. Yeah. And uh, so there was always somebody there. I never re- really ran out of skin if I. It didn't want to. I you stayed busy. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and back I, then, and who, who was getting tattooed back then? Well, mostly all us guys that were the guys that from the projects and stuff. The what was thought as the low class or the criminals in town, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so I went around with some pretty bad dudes at at one point in time, but. I didn't. I didn't like all the shit they did, but I always felt guilty because I was in their presence. You know, when they would do some of these atrocities, and <laughs> and uh, 
And I always felt bad for these guys that got, you know, got their head bashed in and stuff just for a few dollars, you know. But I wasn't the one doing it, you know. And But nevertheless, I ran around with some some, some pretty, uh, you know, unrighteous dudes. And it was, and it was just from t- from tattooing these guys that you would just ha- be hanging out? Like, oh yeah, well I, th- I tattooed from... all the all the you know I was like an honorary member of every gang in town. Yeah, uh, and so but I mostly hung in one <laughs> one spot. That's awesome. Yeah, because I because I did I tattooed all the socias and, and as well as all the <coughs> you know the the cool cats you know and yeah uh, so there was all the different sets around town were. Different cultures, even, and but I was respected among all of them because they all dug tattoos. You know, the the the, the white guys, the hot hot rod type with the jacked up cars and all that. Well, I, you know, I I loved them all. You know, and and and, t- and treated them all. And what what know. were they getting back then? Like oh, the simple, greaser dudes. What were they? Things, they but, what were, skulls but, and stuff, uh, or not yet? Oh yeah, a lot of skulls, of course. They, all the piratey type things that you automatically think of daggers, crosses, everybody related to crosses. Yeah. But uh, there was a, the, the clique that I hung around with mostly was the Golden Hawks. And uh, and so they all had little wings on their back, on their shoulder blades, you know. And it was just simple stuff, you know, not very big. Uh, but, you know, it was a symbol of the the click you know yeah. and uh so anyway yeah and and the and the los reyes the, the mexican guys uh they all had crowns and um well there was all kinds of uh things that happened i remember harold nisel um who i tattooed him many 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 times and uh I have no idea whatever became of him, but I remember tattooing him in his house, and his his mother was just uh, amazed that he would even want to keep getting them, you know. Yeah. But it was kind of like my mother, she looked at me when I'd show her a fresh one, and she'd say, well... You must really like them. Yeah. You keep getting them. When, when did you start getting tattoos? And when I was fifteen, I started do it, tattooing myself. Yeah, yeah, and I so I've tattooed myself forty-four times over the years. Yeah, just yeah. fucking let's go. I'm, when and, you're bored or something, just let's get, let's go. Huh? Or did you have like uh, like anything big, or just like whenever you were just killing time, you would start? You'd do a little jammer oh, well, I, on yourself. I, I tattooed myself by hand many times. Yeah. And with machines, too. Uh, but, yeah, usually it was, uh, I guess we th- all think we ha- we're inspired, it might be the word, at, at that moment in time, you know. And you scribble something on yourself and you think, well, I, you know, I can do that rather than wait on anybody else. And anyway, uh I, I never thought of it as uh, anything except another, yet another, uh, you know, step down the tattoo path, you know. Yeah. I, I was tattooed with machines uh, 
first when I was 20 years old, or 19 years old, actually. And uh, when I came to California for the first time, but I was back and forth for a year after that, after I got thrown out of the Navy. Um, but I, while I was in the Navy, or in San Diego after I got booted out, I got tattooed there by several of the... Um, the sailor guys? Yeah, that, well, some of the older tattooers. Yeah, Tahiti Felix Lynch did my first one. And it's, I still have that. It's an anchor here. And... Uh, but I was tattooed by Painless Nell and also her sister with the wooden leg. And, uh, you know, they, like I said, I think last night they was, they had a bucket shop, you know, they was called. Yeah. And so I was tattooed by a few of those guys there. But then in Long Beach is where I really got the uh, more exposure to the professional world which I kind of didn't relate to at the time. But as time went on, you know, I I, I figured out I, I just had to had to just do get in it and as, you, as most guys do, do their own thing to some degree, you know. Yeah. And, and my own thing was going to East L.A. and putting black tattoos on brown skin. That was... Yeah, what I figured out I was destined to do or wanted to do, and and so met a lot of cool people doing it. Oh yeah, for sure. Because the uh, well, you know, I wanted I just wanted to be part of the community, you know, uh, and we had respect from all those guys in that area, no matter what clique they were from. They still had respect and wouldn't uh, you know pull any real shenanigans in the shop you know and and that's after opening tattoo land right there in in east l.a or that's before no that's at at, that's at at, tattoo land yeah tattoo land yeah uh well which was called good time charlie's tattoo parlor then but then when hardy bought it uh from me because I wanted to go back to Kansas. I uh, he moved it across the street and down a ways to the gingerbread house that's shown in many pictures. And uh, he bought that property and moved it there. Oh, and, okay. and so they called it. They were trying to decide what to call it, I guess. And um, Hardy said that well, there's. I, this is a story I heard, but him and, and uh, Shanghai Kate both say they named it Tattoo Land. But I think Hardy made the comment, uh, "Well, they have Tomorrowland and Futureland. Let's have Tattoo Land." You know, uh, and then, uh, but it was always Good Time Charlie's. Yeah, right. And how how did you get that na- like that name, Good Time Charlie's? What? Like, or did they, that's what they call you? Like, oh, that's Good yeah. Time Charlie. Working at the Pike in Long Beach. Uh, When I first started there, there was, uh, I would say, I was only there maybe three months or something. And uh, a little blonde came in, got a tattoo, and left a happy customer. So she comes back a week or so later, a few days later, with a friend, and she buys her a tattoo. 
And uh, so pretty soon, she's bought now three or four different friends and bought them all tattoos. And so they all come as a, now they're coming as a group. And, uh, but uh, after about four or five of them have been tattooed by me, they came in and uh, the radio was playing Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues. And she says, you are Good Time Charlie. You never have the blues. And, and, uh, and so they all just started calling me that and it stuck, you know, because everybody around just related to it. They were all chill. Yeah. Good Time yeah. Charlie. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So anyway, so it's a, you know, I, I guess somebody made the comment. I think it was, uh, um, Lyle Tuttle maybe made the comment that you're supposed to be, uh, given your tag, you know, or your, your, your handle, yeah. you know, uh, and so I guess. So since then, and that was like 1973 or two, 72 maybe. That's when I've been GTC. Yeah, yeah. The, the original. Yeah. Three letters. Yeah. So that was, uh, uh, you know, about 50 years ago at the Pike. When that happened, you know, yeah. and Man. so, so yeah, there that's, it been is. A, been a, uh, that's cool though. You know, not a lot of people know the story of how you got your name, Good Time Charlie, yeah. and I'm sure everyone that's listening to this uh, tattoos, the tattoo community that doesn't know, they're like, oh shit, yeah, that's cool to to, to know now because I always wondered, well, why do they call him Good Time yeah. Charlie? You know, yeah. it? was it Tim O'Keefe? Terry O'Keefe or Tim O'Keefe, wasn't it, that wrote that song? Or oh. that, like, came out with it for... Who made that song big? I don't know, but Captain Don Leslie sang it. Oh, dude. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I heard a recording of him, I think, singing that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And back then at, uh, at Good Time Charlie's, how, how who were the artists that worked with you when you were right there? Well, the first one... Uh, I took Jack on, uh, and and actually, when I was working at the Pike is when me and him got connected, and the story is there uh, in the movie Tattoo Nation. But um, I tattooed uh, a friend of his who he had just drawn a, a lowrider Nazi on this guy, yeah, and uh, with a ballpoint, and it was a very clean, simple drawing. And they they came in and they said, uh, would you tattoo that? And I said, yeah. And they said, you would? And I go, yeah. And they said, uh, I guess they asked how much. And I and I told them. And they said, and 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 could we just do it in black? And 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 I said, well, of course, that'd even be better. And boy, they looked at each other and and like smiled, you know. And yeah. And so. He started bringing me tat people. He bought me two or three people, I guess, that he would just draw something on them, and then they'd come, and I'd and do, it. do it. And you And was it because... So, oh, so as it turns out, after a couple or three customers there, I um, was cleaning up the shop one night, and he had left a piece of cardboard that he had found somewhere 
a pretty big piece of cardboard, and and I picked it up, and it, he had been doodling while I was tattooing his friend. Yeah. And and I thought, man, this guy's got like maybe ten or twelve different styles of cholo writing. He's got uh, some a taste of cursive here that's pretty damn fancy. And then he's got some cartooning over here, and and uh, and I thought, man, this guy's pretty well rounded, I think. And and I thought, and he's hip to the jive too, because he's uh, he even though he's a white boy, he's grown up in the Mexican culture, and and so you know he would be an asset, you know, uh, in East LA, I believe. So I so I told him, I said so. Give me your mama or your grandma's phone number, and uh, when the time is right, I'll give you a call, and I'll, and I'll open up in East L.A. I'll break you in. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he, he said, really? And I said, yeah, but but don't ever even ask me once when we're going to get started or it's off. Yeah. And so I know when, we're, when it's going to be. <laughs> he said, oh, okay, man. Right. And so... Uh, you know, uh, I think it was probably a year, year and a half or something went by. And, you know, probably tattooed another one or two of his friends or something. And But then, then I finally found the spot because I cruised every Sunday, Whittier Boulevard. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to find that spot. And when I did, I uh, the hair on the back of my neck just went right up. I knew it was it. You found yeah. it. Yeah, and so, uh, so Jack was my first apprentice, that one would say, and you know I didn't put him through a bunch of bullshit. I just put him on the firing line, put a machine in his hand, and said, "Here you go," because it's on the job training when you get down to it, you know. And, yeah. And so, uh, so he wasn't scrubbing toilets and all that bullshit, you know. Um, my brother did that. He was a custodian there. And the bouncer at the same time. Bouncer was an important position back then, huh? What, now what, it's just it damn it's sure just was. Counter, well, you guys needed a bouncer at the shop. Yeah, because you got you no got all these good, these man. hardcore. You know, these are fucking killers. A bunch of them, you know, and th- so they don't give a shit about human life even. So they don't. You know, if you have their respect and they, they're not, they're they're going to behave in your area. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that you can't beat that. Yeah, you know. Would you ever have a guy where you know separate, like you know, a guy from a different hood? You're tattooing them, and oh, another well, guy comes in. Yeah, check this out. Had, this guy. Big fat guy. Which way is this going? This way. Anyway. And, and uh, he's getting a chest tattoo. He's leaning back in the chair. And I think Creeper was tattooing him. And uh, and I'm standing at the back door at a little little corner that's created by the way the building's made. And I'm kind of like, kind of around this little corner, leaning against it. And I'm looking right at this guy. And uh, and so he said. Soy Casablanca, Riverside, you know? And I said, hey, man, there's some big ears around here. I'd kind of watch my mouth, and he said, oh, fuck these chumps. And, 
you know, and and I said, uh-oh, you know, because George was standing right behind me, which that guy couldn't see, and he was right next to the back door. So when this guy got bandaged up, George just slid out the back door, went next door to his apartment, got his gun, walked out the between the apartments and my shop. And when that guy got in the car, he caps him. When the guy's getting in the car... George goes back, puts his gun in his toilet tank, and he comes around and goes in the back of the shop. By now, we got black and whites rolling up there. And he says, hey, man, what's happening out front? <laughs> oh, shit. <Yeah. laughs> Sly dog. Damn. Slick. <laughs> Everyone's normal day up. Yeah. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and so then, too, here's the ultimate one here, too. Um, so this, Brad's heard this one several times, I'm sure. But this little weasel comes running in on a Friday night, and, uh, and the lobby is just packed. It's, it's like belly to belly, back to back. You gotta kind of weave your way around in there. And, uh, so th- this little chump comes running in, and he, and he tries to get lost <laughs> in the crowd. And, oh, uh, my goodness. so, the, uh, immediately, within seconds almost, there's four ski masks that come in there with all, all of them got pistols and that are, they're brandishing. And so the, the lead guy finds him and, uh, sticks a gun in his ear and he says, you want to die right here, punk? And I, when I heard that, I threw my machine down and I, I worked my way through there and I said, hey man, nobody's dying in here. I said, I don't want the man in here, and I don't want to clean up the mess, all right? <laughs> and so the third ski mask back goes, hey, man, Charlie's right. This ain't his beef. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so they, they marched the guy out. And uh, so this girl comes over and says, well, you're not going to let him take him, are you? And I said, are you kidding? That guy could have killed one of their brothers yesterday or something. And, and uh, she says, well, here's his watch if you ever see him again, I guess. And it came off <laughs> and they were jerking him around. And so I said, okay. So I just stuck it under the counter. So then this real tall white boy that was a plumber from Orange County, he told me, he said, Charlie, I followed you all around getting your tattoos. I love your work. And I was actually in the project, had a Nep- King Neptune back piece in progress on him at that during that time yeah and so he says but hey man when that those guys came in i thought it's a robbery going down so i told my girl let's slide out the back door he said hey man nobody was leaving this building he said when i opened the doors 20 mexicans out there with ball bats and shotguns lined up across the property and and i said well whatever that guy did I bet he ain't gonna do that again, Whoa. and and so, <laughs> yeah. and so sure enough, they let him live. But every one of those twenty Mexicans that was lined up out there took turns stomping his face and his head <laughs> because he 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 was like mashed potatoes. It, I felt real dying. sorry for him because he had no teeth hardly left in his head, Damn. and 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 his lips were only like two ribbons of skin. And he, and he came in and he he had Vavas just hanging, you know, 
Hey, well, I see my watch, you know, and he's just slobbering, you know, and, and, and his, no, his nose is, you know, he's got no nose that's recognizable anymore. He's just, he's just fucked up, man. And I felt real sorry for, for the kid, you know, but I thought, man, I bet, I bet that guy learned his lesson there. Yeah. He's going to be walking around, but nobody's going to know who he is. Did he get his watch back? Huh? Did he, did you give him the watch back? Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, like, with a beating like that. Yeah, but you know, like, the they didn't kill him, but they, he probably wished they would have because he was unrecognizable. Oh, so by the way, there's one, there's a story uh, about the 23 year old girl that gets injured in a, in a wreck. Did I tell you this one? Mm-mm. So, or she gets killed in this wreck, and so she wakes up at the pearly gates there, and uh, or arrives at the pearly gates, and so she she tells God, she says, uh, "Why, why did I have to die at such a young age?" And uh, he says, "Well, what would you do if you would have lived any longer?" And she said. Oh, I would marry, and I would have children and grandchildren, and I would tell everybody how generous and loving you are, and so forth. And and he says, "Uh, well, okay." So, so she's in the hospital, and the surgeons are all looking at her, all twisted up, and so she converts with them somehow, conversates with them, and says, uh, "You know, while we're at it, can we get a little nip and a tuck?" here and there and you know and work on that chin and that and uh, give me a pert nose and yeah 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 and so she lays it all out and they think well why not you know you know it's working with like new stuff practically so um so they do uh, do the operation and so you know when she's released after healing up and all um She's walking across the street, and she and a car hits her, and, and she dies again, you know. <laughs> and so she says, she's at the pearly gates again, and she says, God, I thought you promised me a long life, and you let me get hit by a car again. And he says, I didn't even recognize you anymore. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> she had so much reconstructive surgery. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> Who the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, but we we had respect back there. Or I did on a personal level, for sure. Did you guys yeah. have any crazy... The, you guys were talking that story about that one regular, and the, that guy even drew him as like in a flash. He was a, some big dude that would be at the shop right there. Is that the big guy you injected all the roses on his back, oh, maybe? Oh, Poco, yeah. He yeah, was, he's the one I was telling you my my friend my crazy friend yeah crazy convict friend uh wanted to throw all the you know the, the girl girl uh abusers out in the street <laughs> he, he was, was cra- crazy he, was he went to he went to prison the last time i was with him actually when he when he was finally arrested and sent away for a long time i was with him and we were in a, in a median that was a big grass area between two boulevards, and it's like 10 feet wide or something itself, like a little parkway. And so we're right in the middle, and all of a sudden, any direction you look, 
for 30 or 40 feet around us was cops surrounding us. Well, they wanted him pretty bad because he had, he had slapped his grandma to the point where she had, was kind of off. And he had stabbed his dad and, and his mother, well, he had intercourse with her, so that tells you something about him. That guy? Yeah. Wow. And he used, he used to say, I kind of hate it when they call me a motherfucker because I can't really deny it, you know? Whoa. Fucking crazy uh-huh. guy. But, yeah, so. That was that guy, Poco? No. Oh, no, that was, that was my, my friend from Kansas that when we went way back when. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Uh, and he would he would tell us like one time uh, we picked him up when he he just did a flat year in the county uh, farm there and and I I'll, my mine was the only car running at the time so we picked him up and he wanted to go to Topeka which was a hundred miles away and to see his mom and so he goes in with a gallon of red wine and. And says, well, I'll be out in a while. Well, him and his mom got in the bathtub and did their thing. And and he came, he came down and he says, uh, any, any one of you guys want to have some fun with Ma? We'll have at it. And we said, oh, that's okay. That's okay, <laughs> man. <laughs> We're good. Damn, that's some Conway Where Twitty we going shit right there. <laughs> and, so, and he had just gotten out of jail? Yeah. That was his welcome home present? Yeah. He knew where he uh, could find it. Yeah, that's so that's real, that's really uh <laughs> that's a pretty negative situation there, but you know, that's a, that's the way he that's the life he lived, you know. So I ran around with a bunch of these crazy guys from the west side too, which which they were mostly all most of those were white boys over there. But they were they were as crazy as anybody could possibly get. Hmm. Yeah. You know, they, well, they just take you out yeah. right now if they thought it was necessary. And you never really <coughs> went into this one area called the Orchard because it was on the other side of one boulevard there. And if you went, if you went in there, well, their bar was named the Bloody Bucket. So oh. you can imagine it. A lot of people went in there and never came out. Because they were just, you know. <laughs> it was like a, was it like a members only bar or was it you walk in at your well, own? Well, I mean, that neighborhood, not just that bar. A lot of people go in that neighborhood and never be seen again. Yeah. Cause, in Wichita? Yeah. Damn, it's wild out there in Wichita. Well, it was when I was a kid, you know. And Douglas the, was the main highway running through there? Downtown, yeah. Yeah. Douglas. Yeah. Douglas and Broadway was the main intersection in town. But I I mostly was in Plainview, which was out southeast of town and was actually a separate township at one time. Yeah. But, uh, and they only had one, one local cop named Rabbit. And we'd tease him all the time. We'd run red lights and stop signs on purpose to get him to chase us. Yeah. It was, it was like... Elmer Fudd chasing a rabbit or something, you know. 
<laughs> but the so rabbit funny. was chasing us. <laughs> and we could lose him every time. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, We're, um, we want to uh, take a little break to talk about okay. what, what, uh, why we're here and okay. everything, but uh, we want to talk about Suavecito Pomade. Okay. We brought you guys some gifts, a couple t-shirts and some, you know, some, uh, pomade. Combs, some pomade, keep it all fresh and clean. But yeah, that's a product that we all use and uh, everyone out there that listens to the show, uh, grab some pomade, go to the links below, check out SuavecitoPomade.com and grab shirt for yourself or anybody else plus any hair product you need they have suavecita they have all this stuff and uh we brought some some stuff over here for you guys and you know they make they made a trip possible for all this to, to happen and nice. and and it's Thank cool you. you know what's and the suavecita about suavecita is uh their line for girls so they have a hair product they have a hairspray and and makeup they have everything for uh yeah brushes and different things they have a whole bunch of of different products but even like pomade for like styling for different styles and stuff and uh they have everything on there you could just go uh it's on suavecito it's easy pick it out pick it out and it'll be on your door like in two days Mm. It's like my, when my girl orders, she'll be like, damn, it's already here. The hell? <laughs> I just ordered. So, yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah. But yeah. Make sure you guys check it out. And uh, suavecito.com. Suavecitopalmy.com. But, yeah. But um, one thing uh, I wanted to, to talk about was Brad was saying that something about some lady that it was like a ghost lady or something. Oh, out up the... Towards that Indian reservation, oh, yeah. off the Acoma Road, when you yeah. that lady. Yeah. Well, there was um, me and my wife were returning to California from Kansas. Yeah. And so we get off the highway at the uh, uh, reservation there of Acoma City. Uh, the Acoma Tribe. Supposedly, they call it Sky City because they were all up on a mesa for defense purposes. So anyway, I decided we're going to see there. But this the oldest inhabited village, the Hopis argue about them having the oldest, but oldest occupied village in North America since 1100 A.D. And where is this at? This is in Arizona. Okay. Mm. So, Acoma City, or Acoma. And so... We get off the freeway, and uh, and I'm taking the east entrance to the place, and it's and the, the mesa sets quite a ways actually back off the highway, and I, I I'm at a loss as to really how far it was, but it was quite some distance, and so I'm driving, and the sun, it's just almost sunset, it's late in the afternoon, and. We're just cruising along pretty slow. And what to my wondering eyes should appear, but it looks like a lady dressed in finery of some sort, like silk and so forth. And and she, she looks like she's floating. And she's on this deserted road back on the reservation. And it, she just looks like she's just 
moving very slow, but deliberately, constantly moving. And then, wow, there was a rattlesnake behind her, just walking with her, like following her like a pet. Like on the ground? Yeah. A real one? On a real one. And, and I told my wife, I said, oh my God, look at this. Yeah. And so I pull up beside her and I, I roll the window down and I said, and she didn't, she didn't flinch. She just stared straight ahead. A very uh, matronly looking uh, white lady. And, and so she's just like staring straight ahead and still moving. And I said, are you okay? Are you okay? And no response. She never turned, never blinked, nothing, kept moving. And, uh, I and was she kind of like see-through or was huh? it like solid, like a solid person? Well, it looked like a solid person. Yeah. And so I told, uh, I told my wife, I said, what do we do? And so, so anyway, she didn't, of course, have any idea, but. So we just go on. I mean, the lady's ignoring me, so, and I can't really believe what I'm really seeing. So we go on, and, and just the road goes up to the mesa off of this road we were on. There was a, a tribal police guy there, and he was closing the gate or something, and I says, uh, it's too late to go up on. Huh? He said, yeah, he says, once the sun goes down, those they, those people have families of their own, and they got tourists all day stomping around. You know, they need privacy. Oh, okay. I said, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and you might want to go check this out. But I said, if you go back down this road and then head back toward the highway, about midway in there, there's an old English lady. It looks like walking along by herself out there and and I said it she looks pretty real to me but I don't know what to say so we took off but so I asked my wife about that later on you know a couple of years later we're talking about it or I'm talking about it and she says I don't know what you're talking about and I said oh my god are you kidding me? You looked right at her, just like me. You know, she says, I don't remember that. And I said, oh, boy, I didn't dream that, you know. And it, because it was uh, it was as real as you can see. And that snake, it just looked like, looked like belonged to her, you, you know. following her. Yeah, I like this one. Good time. Good time. We're right here fucking smoking, having a good time with uh, the weed that's... Everyone's all mellow and just the like listening to Charlie. We're like, what? what's up? What? <laughs> we the ghost we're right we here all smoke. scared. Everyone's all fucking whispering. What the fuck? Crazy. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's... I Like seeing the uh, stuff like that. We... we uh, I don't know if you you experienced it, but <coughs> we my friend uh, we would say my friend Ido lived at this guy Johnny's house, and his house was like super haunted. You know? Did you ever go to Johnny's? Johnny? Yeah, yeah. The, his house was haunted. Me, my uncle used to live in that house. That was a wild house, like straight ghost. Me and Ido, we were uh, we were eating Taco Bell in the counter, like. 
in the kitchen of his of of the house and then we heard people like walking in like hey ha, laughing and stuff and we thought we're like oh they're back from the car show because we heard it like just right now like we're all talking and then you heard them open a door like they straight open the door and you could hear them walking in and then we were eating and then we look and we're like hey what the f-? we're like hey there it's nobody and we looked and <laughs> Like it was like if people were right there, and the door was right there. They opened and closed it. We heard them. We're like, "What the hell was nobody?" And then, like when we were tripping on that, something ran down the hall. Doo, 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 doo. And I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "Hey, dog, <laughs> enough of this." So we were eating, we were putting our stuff away, and then, we, like, because we kind of got tripped out. Yeah. And then the uh, we're like we're in. We went to his room, and then we were coming back out to leave because we're like we finish our food and we're leaving and then the the sink turned off it the sink was on and when he went to turn it on it just turned off he's like damn he's like yeah i think i'm gonna have to move from right here like wow. crazy it, it was like some the most wild like where i, I was like damn that was like some um, it was yeah. some ghost and then another time his his girl at the uh, she was at his house she went to the restroom and then when she came back out, the turned off the lights in the hallway, and he's like, I could feel like that he was right there, like, and she's like, ah, shut up, dude. And she turned on the lights, and there was nobody. She's like, what the fuck? Like, she thought he was trying to scare her, my friend, and it was nobody right there. And she's like, she got all freaked out, and she's like, we gotta leave. I gotta leave your house and never go back at this. Mm. <laughs> but crazy stories, you know. But that house was super haunted, and. We were telling Johnny, like, hey, dog, what's up? Did you hear that? And he's like, don't trip. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, right, he's dog. like, he's cool, dog. Just don't just don't pay attention to that fool. I'm like, what? Like, he knew about that fool, remember? Uh, yeah. He's like, just kick it, dog. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, you know, Johnny's like, like, he used to have right. a fleet line. Yeah, man, like, cool. man, yeah, he, cruised, he used to cruise with us. He's a homie. He used to have a here. suburban. He thought the suburban used to be his. Yeah, yeah. Like, the chubby chaser. No, but crazy dude. Like that house was the most haunted place I've ever been or, or seen. Another one. I remember when when I was little, we would go. We went to California City, and in California City, there was like supposedly you would be able to see a like a virgin in the sky when you would take a picture of it, but you would just see like the glare, and it was like a cross kind of. I remember a grip of people going to go see that. I was like, damn, look at all these people fucking from all over the world. And there were people from the news right there like, hey, we're right here. You can see the, I don't know. What, and then now, it, I don't know if she still appears or what's going on. But I remember remember back in the day you would see that, that people, you would see like the Virgin Mary on a tree. Oh, yeah. And yeah. a whole bunch of fools would be right the there praying. And yeah. you're like, what the heck? And then it was it was one, and then the man's all, oh, I made it like that. But you know, it it ended up being like his artwork or something, and no, and everyone's like, oh, that's like Jesus getting and burned then, into the toast. Yeah, or or yeah. the uh, the there was like a the Christ. there was a dude. It was like a Jesus, and his feet would sweat, and they were like, how is it sweating? Mm-hmm. And it ended up being like a sewer line or something like that no nah. it was broken and they would drip into the statue and it made a drip and everyone's like oh fucking it was so you know it was 
or it'll be bleeding. But there's some where you see, you're like, hey, what the fuck? Where it'll move. You'll be like, all right. Like crab bud. Crying blood. Yeah. You seen those before? I mean, I'm not in real life, but I don't no, know, but I don't know what a, else I believe. On but. YouTube. You know, on painting, so, you know, where they shed uh, tears of blood. All day. Did you ever have a bike, like biker? Uh, I seen a couple pictures where you, where you had a the, the tri the tricycle behind you. They yeah. go bike. I was like, oh, you had biker days. What what kind of track was it? A, a flathead. Well, it was an old uh, Volkswagen. Uh, oh, it had a Volkswagen. Model? Yeah, and it was. Uh, well, I was Harry walking Hurst, past huh? Lady Have Blue reversed, Station yeah. one night. <clears throat> and uh, she's tattooing this guy, and uh, and I, all I heard her say was, "I'll sell it for fifteen hundred And I said, "What are you selling for fifteen hundred And she said, "My trike." And I said, "Well, I'll give you fifteen hundred for it, and I don't even want one." And and uh, so uh, that's what I did. But she had she bought. She, supposedly, she paid forty five hundred for all the parts, and then a, a bunch of Hell's Angels built it for her. They put it together. Yeah, and it, so it had a real kicked out Honda front end on it. It was so squirrely, man. You could it stand up in a hot minute. The, willy, but, the willies on. You would cruise it? Huh? Not very often. I didn't like it because it got too much attention. It was, it was way too over the top with that. Because it had like a blue louvered top and red stained glass windows, and a, you know it was it was pretty cool looking, all right. But but oh, if I yeah. stopped anywhere, they just dry, they just mob you, you know. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like that, and so it was cool uh, for like show or something, like a show bike. Well, I I only rode it like maybe once a year. I'd take it to the beach, thirty miles, just to exercise the engine you know i'd start it now and then but i never would really ride it and uh and so i used to have like 35 year old babes you know pull up beside me in their mercedes and go hey baby i bet you have fun on that and i'd go well i guess i would if i ever rode it and they would just look at me kind of you know, but I, that was the truth. I really, I really didn't like that because it got too much attention. You know. Yeah. And so uh, I ended up taking it to Kansas, though, and uh, and I sold it to a guy back there sometime later. But I never did really ever write it except times like that. Me and my wife took it to the park a couple times, maybe, but. There was just not, you know, uh, no interest on my part. And, and, and this one guy, one of my customers says, you're a real psycho dude, man. And I go, why do you say that? And they go, man, you got a trick truck and a trick trike, and you, and you take the city bus to work sometime. And I go, well, I like to be part of the community, and it's right, it's right by my house. And, yeah. You know? You would take the bus to work? Yeah. To, to go tattoo? Huh? Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, so I, at 5 o'clock at night was when I started my shift. And uh, and so Lady Blue, <laughs> later on, after she'd been working there for a while, she says, I had the health inspector come in today and says, you know, 
for years, <laughs> this place has just always been open from 5 p.m. till 1 a.m. And so I get off at 5, <laughs> and so... <laughs> And we don't work on weekends, so I've never been in here. But but she had called me and said... That's genius, actually. She said, you know, I went by your shop today, and it said, open at 5 p.m. And I said, well, that's when I go to work. And she said, well, why don't you open at noon? And I said... Well, you can open at noon if you want to. Well, I'm sure not going to be there. And so so that's when she started. And um, and so Kimiko is her daughter. Oh, okay. And uh, even though she's half Japanese, it wasn't through anybody that had that I ever knew. Yeah. You know, she, her father and her mom, well, to quote Kimiko... My mother married five times and never brought any one of them home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't know any of them. So Lady Blue, but she was, she controlled things in her own way there. She was a, a biker cowgirl. And so she, you know, these guys get out of line, you know. Well, she'd squirt them with a water gun and say, hey, I got a gun too. Cool it over there. You know, these guys would get real rowdy, you know. And they had real, real guns? Huh? Yeah, and these guys have real guns, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Get over here, punk, huh? Yeah. Get, get it out. Uh-huh. Flash them a titty. Yeah. Calm, hey, calm oh, it down a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's so many incidents, though, that, you know, had I could talk about. But there, it's just, it was an interesting life, I got to say. It was... Uh, um, it was life at its rawest, really. Yeah. Uh, they say that East Los proper itself, which is an unincorporated area of uh, where I was situated in a strip there, uh, was 105,000 population. But the murder rate was 10 times higher than New York City. Dang. Just in that little Yeah, that spot. strip. Yeah. And, but because those guys weren't only guarding their own, you know, block, their own, it was their own corner sometime, you know. Yeah. So they were very proud of their neighborhoods, too, you know. Yeah. But, you know, we had respect from all of them, you know, that came. And there was never any caca that went down, uh, except, well, you know, like George capping that guy out front for talking shit. Yeah. You know, and... And there was there was other incidents for sure, stabbings and different things. But uh, but there is uh, nothing ever inside the shop, and uh, except if it, my brother caused it yeah. by beating some asshole up that he thought needed it. <laughs> he he was the 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 bouncer. The bouncer. Yeah. And yeah, I was, we were talking about that. Like back then, the you needed a bouncer. Yeah, well, you know, Bob, Bobby Shaw is probably the best example of uh, somebody. He used to when I worked at the Pike, they would say, "Bobby, he's boxing outside the shop again, throwing somebody else out." Uh, but, but you know, and 
when you're dealing with gangsters, I mean, anything can happen. And so you kind of have to be, uh, kind of have to ride herd on these guys or they'll just walk all over you, you know. So I, I was just firm with them in, in a respectful way. I mean, they're, they're the most, they're as real as you get, you know. Yeah. A, a guy that's, uh, you know, he's not he's not being fake or playing some phony ass role. He's a real fucking killer. You know, I mean, I used to drive up, and these fourteen and fifteen year old guys would be sitting on a smoke on a fence smoking coolers, and uh, you know, uh, real, angel, real high. angel dust and come on, Charlie. Take a toke with this man before you start your shift. And these were little men, you know, they all packed. And they yeah. they would they would just kill you in a minute, you know. And but but you know, they were all they were just real little men that grew up real fast, you know. They, they were cool dudes, but yeah. if it came the Yeah they'll do something. Yeah, so every and, and 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 they would just like we used to tease Rabbit where when I was where I grew up, and we'd get him to chase us at London stop signs and stuff. Well, these guys would they, they would fire on the narcs who were in the parking lot behind the Mexican bar. They would, by once a week or so, just go... <laughs> send a few rounds their way and go burn out around the corner. It was just like real cops and robbers quite often, you know. Like, hey, it punk, was just, we're just right here. Tag, fun, you know? main tag. And it was the same to them as us, just you know. And you guys would be right there chilling at the shop, watching all this craziness go down. Oh yeah, it was all around us every day. How many gangs do you think were in that neighborhood? I don't know, but or how many neighborhoods do you think were in that area? Well, you remember any of them? Well, the the one we got the most from was V and E, Barrio Nuevo Estrada. Uh, they would uh, be right there. Huh? They would be right there. They were the good yeah. Ones. They were. That was their. Their. They were. That was really their area. Uh-huh. So, but you know, we'd get guys from Jimtown, and uh, well, from everywhere: Pico, Montebello, all the surrounding communities, of course. And that's in the seventies. Yeah, like seventy-five and. 76, 70, 75 on, it survived, and now it's in its uh, fourth location, actually, from my original spot. My spot, then the gingerbread house, then Jack took it to uh, West Anaheim, and now it's in East Anaheim. Yeah. So... So that's a spot right now in what Lincoln and Lincoln Magnolia. And Magnolia. Was it in? Was it on Catella or was it always on Lincoln? It was always on Lincoln. Yeah, right? it's always on. Just a couple more miles toward or yeah, that's not by Farm, Western down the way. By Western, Western. and okay. Lincoln and Western and Lincoln, yeah, and the center. It was and he was there quite a few years. Uh, that's where Corey Miller cut his teeth in there a little. You know, he he, he popped through his gums. You know. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like that saying. Did Small yeah. Paul tattoo there or at the one on, on Lincoln and Magnolia? Well, Small no, Paul, no, it's where he is now. Oh, okay, yeah, but yeah, uh, Corey and uh, Mark Mahoney uh, worked out there too, uh, and 
Creeper. I don't know. There was L. Chris, uh, Corey Spran, and uh, oh, Tony Romo, Chris Romo. They all worked there. Yeah. On the west side of Anaheim. Yeah. When did Mike Brown come into the picture at Tattoo Land? The, uh, the first shop or the gingerbread shop? Gingerbread shop. Yeah. yeah. He got tattooed at the at the first shop. But uh, he started tattooing at uh, the little shop that Ed moved it to. So, yeah, he, he it was him. And Freddie joined the clique there. Well, he actually, he, he he was just in the transition between the two shops that Freddie was hired. Jack hired him, and Ed told him, just hire that guy, Freddie. You, you think it's got the, got the touch, you know? And so he did. And I would never, I never did hire Freddie because uh, even though he came around the shop some, but my brother would even say, hey, man, you ought to check this guy out. He gets down. And I said, yeah, in more ways than one. Uh, and I'd rather not have that. So so anyway, Freddie denied it later, you know. And and I said, yeah, but I always thought birds of a feather flock together. I, you know, all your, all your friends were, you know, uh, very evident. And, and uh, you know, so I... It was the association at least you were guilty of, for sure. And he, and I says, but later on, you did cause problems in that department. Yeah. And so I said, so, you know, anyway, I still love him. And, you know, but I, I never would hire him but because of that. But, you know, he's a magnificent man. You can't beat the guy's art. He's, he's fucking unbelievable as the age he is and so forth yeah he gets he keeps improving even yeah the older he gets is so, that something you thought you see well you've seen like what's tattooing that the more you do it or the longer like you've seen guys like man i remember when you first started you know they were doing this stuff and now they're fucking amazing well i think everybody evolves to some degree uh and and it depends too on of course, on what your personal style uh, permits you to get away with, I guess you would say, you know. Uh, I don't know. And in many ways, I, I, I think a guy that works with a superb amount of black... Well, he's going to operate way differently than a, than a guy like me that I always like to use a lot of skin in the tattoo because as another color. And I thought that was the, the best way to put it. And yeah. that's the secret, I think, of having enough skin to make it a tattoo yeah. and not just a painting, you know. And so I always like the idea of leaving it a little sparsely black compared to different ones. Uh, they all, everybody approaches it a little bit differently, and and so if you're one of those persons that does 
like whole forearm solid black and you go back in and you do white figures in there well you know that's not my idea even though yes it is tattooing but it's not it doesn't appeal to me on a personal level you know and that's okay too i mean there's yeah. takes all kinds right so yeah you see all the different how it evolved and how people take have taken tattoos there's like I've seen uh, some guys that tattoo, like, in, I don't know if it's Germany or something, and it's all about, like, pain. And they, like, do, like, these oh, the crazy pain, the face tattoos. The big, and They do a pain session with the big needle. Big old like needles. And, yeah, and it's all about, yeah. like, the pain or something. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Who can take it But the these guys have, like, it'll just be a patch of just, like, a whole bunch of, like, scratches. splatters. And it's super dark in these crazy areas like their face even their eyeballs yeah you see how how much they can take it's like pain sessions or some uh, call like it, that. it's crazy you know blackout sessions so i don't know i'm not into that stuff that's a macho <coughs> thing huh it is a pretty machismo thing <laughs> yeah like what the hell just you seen the guys like rising off the table while the guy's doing it and they're like, all holding them down uh, yeah you're like <laughs> what Oh, it's it's crazy how they they taken it now and it's new tribalism, ba- bro. Back when, like when you guys started all the like, tat- did you guys travel and do tattoos? Like how now, like guest body? No, I never did all that. Or I, did, I that wasn't did. is that now stuff or or like not, like that started like in the nineties? Oh, I'm not sure when it started, but when it did, I I found it kind of uh, amusing. To begin with, but I, I realize now that some guys, that's all they do is guest spot here and guest spot there. And uh, that's their life. And kind of a gypsy tattooer. Uh, but I used to work my ass off in my shop. Yeah. So when I came to California on a vacation, I didn't tattoo at any I went out there for socialization or if I went to conventions and I went there to just socialize because I I worked my hiney off in my shop so that's why and I used to encourage guys who would quite often would tell me well you know Charlie I got a few customers in your area how about if I do a little guest spot there and I go you know what man I think I think you should really make people come to you in your own element. You know, if they want to be tattooed by you bad enough, they can come to see you, you know, where you're comfortable in your own own shop instead of in some setup that's, you know, spur of the moment type thing. Yeah, the lighting is bad and this and that. and Compromised. Yeah, this is, well... Yeah, it just ain't right. So, very, very few tattoos did I ever do. But I do, I remember Gary Fink, uh, he had me tattoo on him in uh, script. Quality tattooing by Professor Persnickety. <laughs> and, uh, and I did that at, uh, at the Pike. But in in the shop where he was at working for Captain Jim, the Rose, I think it was called, across the Midway. And, uh, but so I did that, I remember, and that was on a, on a vacation, but 
And I got kind of into doing a Christ head some on on a guy in East L.A. too. Uh, but it's very, very... I'm, if I'm there to socialize, that's why I'm there. Yeah. But then I, go, I do go to these conventions and... And uh, sometimes on Sundays I'll put GTCs or a CS on them, and or you know something. I just want Pachuco crosses and, yeah. and little knickknack things. And the Instagram lights up for a week with all kinds of shit after you do that. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> posting <laughs> pictures with you. They all got boners. They're super happy. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone, you know, when Charlie comes around and it's like a. You come and bless people's shops, you know. People yeah, appreciate; cool. they love that. Always, Everyone, they're like, "Charlie, stop by," you know. I always say that's like a motivator for the young tattooer. Like, yeah. don't, like, oh, I don't want to go to work today. It's a Monday. Like, don't forget, good time. Charlie could walk in, be the one opening <laughs> that door. Any one of these days, you better show up for your shifts. Yeah. How was that? What? How you worked at uh, Tattoo Land too? Char- good time, Charlie's. Did you? Yeah. Do you work there? That's how. Yeah. All that. How was that when you were around and? and when, it was when awesome. You were, when I got to tattoo there for a couple of years, and you do a tattoo, and you look up, and Charlie's watching you do a tattoo. You're like, oh shit! Pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta be on my. I gotta fucking, step it up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. That's I better cool. start doing some of that tornado shading that I was doing a minute ago. Yeah. The tornado shades? What are those? Tornado shading, bro. It's top secret. <laughs> you gotta know. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, it was cool. Obviously, it was cool to work there. It's an yeah. honor to work there. That's cool. And then like you, a legacy. you drew like now mm-hmm. being there at, at Good Time Charlie's. You've been there. What you say like uh, going since 2014 or you, something? Buddy. Yeah, that's wild. You know, and how's that from you doing tattoos and probably hearing stories about Good Time Charlie's Tattoo Land? That's like the the top. If you know. A- anybody who who knows what's up with like tattooing and stuff, that's like the 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 goal or to pa- even pass the, by right there. They're like, the you go in there, shop, you man. walk in there, you come out doing good work. Shop. You know, like everyone, yeah, it's like a blessing being uh, you know around these artists and uh, tattoo like Good Time Charlie's <laughs> Tattoo Land. Like it's an honor being there, and it's crazy how. Uh, well, it, you know, me being able to go and kick it right there and, and Drew, Drew working right there because it's like from being our homie and everything, you you see like the progression and the drive and this fool was always tattooing and sick, always was dope, like just Drew. And then he went, he, it's like, oh, he's at Good Time Charlie's. You're like, what? It was, remember, it was just crazy. It's like he got made like on Goodfellas when Tommy, Tommy got made, you know, ah. like... <laughs> he, that's that's him. He he was at at Good Time Charlie's, and it was it was cool when all of us, you know, when when he was there, and then he's been here there for forever Eight now. Years, you, said, huh? you were shooting to reach that pinnacle for the for the forty mark. <laughs> that way you could be where you're supposed to be and fucking skyrocket in the forty. Remember what you said about oh the yeah, that was, that was, yeah yeah yeah. You'll do your hear. best work. And you're in your forties. Words of wisdom from Charlie. Yeah. And you know, so uh, so all through these years, I've watched all these little superstars, and uh, and all these talented cats. Um, it's just like 
they all tell me the same thing, that they benefited from working there because of the, the, the iron sharpening iron concept. That, you know, because all of them that are there to begin with, they got something to offer the world or they wouldn't even be there. Because yeah. Jack's not going to just put some jackass in there that's just a tattooer. You know, he's going to put somebody in there that's serious-minded. and Or Roy, if Roy's doing the hiring, Roy's going to put them, you know, make sure they're bona fide and qualified. And and so... Uh, circumcised. As, circumcised, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the, all the heights. All the heights. <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, I've seen a lot of these young cats really, you know, uh, make major contributions to the industry. And, 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 and here's a couple of them right here, of course. Uh, yeah, but the lineup is is immense. Yeah, and it is. It's like di- different ones who have told me, you know, like, like Charlie... I can't believe how much I've learned since I've been here. And I'd, I'd look at him like, well, I thought you were a superstar when you got here. And, right. you know, and but yet they they all benefit from the exposure to each other. Because I, I, I think they're, you, even though, they're, of course, everybody has one, but I think they're, the egos are pretty much all under control. Real. And that's the that's yeah. the secret right there. Yeah. It's just a bunch of individuals who love tattooing, and uh, and help push each other further up the ladder. Unsung you know? heroes. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the stories I can tell you about different ones, Charlie. You know, I never worked at a shop like this. Blah blah blah. And where yeah yeah yeah. And I go well yeah. Uh, some guys tell me this is an institution, a tattoo institution, and I go, well, it, it really is because everybody learns something from each other, and and everybody has a, a real good understanding of tattooing on some level before they even get there. You know, they they're serious business, or they can't be there, and yeah. so so anyway. I'm proud of all of them that have come up uh, in that spot. That's for sure. And all the all the people that have worked for me, uh, directly or indirectly, under my name and represented, because every one of them are really, uh, I'd say, a soldier of the cross. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I really uh, can't say enough about how blessed I am. There are to so, be. There are so many. Sorry to interrupt you. There are so many people. It's like a master's program with the guys that been worked that worked and were been able to walk, you know, across that line of going in and working yeah. at, at yeah. Good Time Charlie's and representing those three letters, you know, GTC. Yeah. And I, I, every person who I've seen or known that is tattooed there or or even has those letters on them, it's they're a soup, they're a solid dude. Every way, you know, uh-huh. and and it's 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 pretty pretty fucking awesome to to be around you guys, even and to even get these opportunities, be with you guys, and and do all this, you know, and we're right here 
traveled and oh yeah and to even be right here in your backyard you know chilling yeah. and remember enjoying the bat? sorry go ahead no but that but go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say remember the bat that dick warsaki made that had everybody's name on it like going around the bat yeah, yeah it was axe it, handle it was it was it an axe handle the axe handle yeah, at the art show. Yeah, dude, do you what see that, it? Tommy? It was an axe handle, I guess, like that long. I thought it was a baseball bat, but dude, he wrote every single person's name on there that ever worked at Tattoo Land, like hand painted it. No way. With like one shot or something. Yeah, really and cool. it's, it was really unnatural wood. It was amazing. Blonde, yeah. like a Letters, real blonde wood. Each letter was like this big, like a, with a really cool big large capital, but like each letter. And the, it's right there. It should be. I, th- I, it was, I have no it idea. It was on the shelf. Or could be a lowercase old English. It might be just script. I'm not sure, but it's super, man. It yeah. is so tough. Well, I think maybe it was. might have been a little bit of both, maybe. Right. Well, he was a cre- it, it was really cool. Yeah. He was a creative individual, huh? Oh, he was. He did a lot of nature stuff? Oh, he was a, he was a, a full, full-blood Sioux Indian, Dakota Sioux trapped in an Irishman's body. Uh, I mean, uh, that guy, was a, he was an Indian. He was a white Indian because he, he understood a lot of their words and he, he studied their... Well, his best friend was Henry... I don't know. Sleeping Bear or something. And uh, so they did a lot of stuff together and they would do, uh, you know... Where you get in the oven and roast there for a little bit. Sweats. And uh, so anyway, yeah, anyway, Dick was quite the amazing individual. Spent many happy hours around that guy. Hanging out with him and getting knowledge, soaking it all in. Yeah. He had a, his grow room was upstairs at the peak of his old house. And he had a roof that, you know, was pitched like that so the very top level was just a triangle but he he grew smoke up there and uh <laughs> so that was his uh his his man cave i guess you'd say so i look over and sitting in this window there's a doll and it's a pretty good sized doll head on it probably Bigger than an apple, probably more like a grapefruit or something. But pretty nice size, you can imagine it, in a sitting position. And uh, he said, the guy that I made that for paid me 10000 I think it was. He sent me my money back and he sent the doll back too said, I can't live with that thing in my house. And uh, and I said, well, what was so special about it? And he said, well, I used real human hair and uh, and real real human bones oh, to build fuck? this little guy. And, uh, you know, and then dressed him in leather, buckskin leather and stuff so forth. And... Uh, but that's, you know... Uh, that's fucking heavy yeah. duty, right? Oh, okay. And, anyway, Think about it for a second. Yeah. A doll, a real little... And so, he, so who knows what that, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, quite often you hear, oh, there's no such thing as residual spirit, you know. 
Uh, but, you know, if they, in this case, something was there, you know. Uh, That's wild. Want to put that on your clip? Yeah. Well, it's a filter, though. Right now, um, I'm going to pop one of these puppies open. This is a brewery, Cervezacito Brewery. It's in Santa Ana. Uh, we, they're one of our sponsors for our show. Nice. But uh, they, they opened up a brewery. Suavecito Pomade opened up a brewery right there in downtown Santa Ana. And they uh, brought, we brought some beers, you know, so for Brad or for you guys, if you, you know, give them as a gift, if you know, for who you know out here. But they're uh, uh, a cool brewery out there in Santa Ana. It's on 4th Street and Broadway. We're actually going to have a show on the 30th. Uh, live podcast right there set up like this oh. uh, we're gonna do a show uh, right there and uh, have people come probably have some guys play uh, guitar and accordion and probably sing a couple corridos with them oh. just have a good time but you know uh, if you guys are in town and whoever is is watching this is in town go to Fort Street and Broadway and Santa Ana to Cervezacito Brewery but yeah for, oh, yeah. a, for a good time uh, they, But no They have Broadway. everything They have beers They have like slushies Of like seltzer Bomb Let's uh, try that shit Pop that it's shit bomb. open It's probably kind of warm Make this like a reveal video or Yeah something. It's kind of warm probably But shit Beer Beer's supposed to be hot Don't they say You want that one That's a hazy This is a, a Ale oh, I, I can't handle very much of it But I'll try it with you Oh yeah We don't have to do we don't have no cups, but we just act like we're in TJ and we all just drink it. Or we're gonna come in, cut into commercial break to pour some cups of this. Be right back. Suavecito smells insanely good. Meet Suavecito, the world's finest pomade with an unrivaled all-day hold. No matter what your look is, we got you covered. Whether you want a softer, gentler hold, like a warm embrace from your abuelita, or a fiercely stronghold. When you're styled with Suavecito, you'll have everyone turning heads. We got thousands of reviews from guys who have thanked Suavecito for helping them land their dream job and their dream date with their dream do. Ready to transform your hair game for good? Click the link and pick up some of our award-winning superior pomade. Suavecito. Get it, hombre. But we're just right here enjoying it, having a good time with Charlie. That's all Charlie does. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that one time I, we, we came back from somewhere and I asked you, I said, hey, man, did you have a good time? And you're like, of course I did. <laughs> you just told me right away, like, of course I did. Well, when I used to call my wife from a convention, because she would never go to conventions with me for a long time. But when I would call her, Day after a couple days. Well, how'd your day go? Did you have a good day? And she said, Yes, I did. And there's no sense in me asking you if you had a good day because you always seem to have one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Well, I got to keep up my name. <laughs> That's awesome. Always a good time. But hey, ever since we've been here, since we touched down, and we met up with you. It's been a good time. We went to Maria's, got some uh, those burritos. 
uh, what everyone got these bomb burritos right there, and it was 24. just we got a mountain of nachos. David got a big old mountain. He came out with a big old tray like this. Big old volcano appeared nachos. And then mm-hmm. he thought, damn, it's a grip. I look back and they're all gone. I'm like, eh. Hey. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were so munching out. Does, no? yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it it was, was good. Mountain. But yeah, the it whole time good, it's yeah. been a good time right here. And yeah, the, and thank you for having us right here at the Oh yeah, at, the, at your house, you know, showing us the the uh, collection uh-huh. of thirteen hundred bo- uh, Indian books, dr- uh, like on everything you could think of Indian, like the tribes and and their artwork and pottery stuff, and then a whole bunch of figurines, yeah. but like from back in the day, mm-hmm. those things are from like the fifties, huh? Oh yeah, some of them are precede that. I got everything from plastic toys to uh, to metal. You know, some of them are, you know, just real cheap. Some of them are real expensive, and I don't draw a line between any. I just, if I like it, I just buy it and mix them together. So there's some cool stuff in there that caught your eye. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to keep this guy. Do people give you gifts all the time where you're like, oh, you know, because I'm sure when they come and see your collection, they're like, oh, I'm going to get Charlie something. Do you get a lot of that? I get a lot of gifts, but but from ta- in the tattoo world, more so than the Indian thing. More like drawing. Oh, there's, there's a couple of people, though, that have sent me stuff about, about Indians, but mostly it's tattoo stuff. Cool. What got you into that, to to collecting, like, the, all the Indian stuff and all the well, books? And- I thought they were the real Americans, you know. They were, they, were, they were the first people on this continent. And and that's been, I've, I've just been, read some more about it, you know, how they, the, you know, there's four theories about how they came and arrived here. But, and, and occupied the Americas after the Ice Age and the, the most common conception is that they, it is a land bridge between Siberia and Alaska, practically, that you could, uh, well, even today, I think, there's only 41 miles. Still very close. Huh? It's really close. And there's like two little islands <laughs> or something uh, there in between. But so you could just hop from place to place and... Anyway, so the fact is, Eskimos have lived on both sides of the uh, land, so-called land bridge up there for centuries, and it's been proven that they, both sides have been occupied over and over. So uh, that's where it all really filtered out from there, and that's why most of them really have a. Um, if there's a lot, of, I mean, there's. Now it's so much mixture, but if you're pure, pure, a pure blood of any tribe that was official, say pre 1850 or something like that, they all had, you know, Oriental eyes almost, and uh, and almost hairless bodies and chin and face, facial hair, mm-hmm. 
And so there was common characteristics with all the way down to the Tierra del Fuego. And so we know it all, that's how it really all had to be. They just from north to south until, you know, it was all full. But anyway, uh, so the American Indian, whether it's, although I don't have that much on South American Indians, although that, I do have quite a few books on, you know, like the Central Aztecs, America. The Aztecs and stuff. Yeah, the Aztecs and the Mayans and, and all the tribes of that area down to uh, South America but and then uh, but I still honor them and you know had a few have a few things about all the South American as well but I when most people think of Indian they identify the the chief look with you know the real noble profile with the headdress and yeah uh, like the paintings that they see you know yeah so that's the most common conception, and it's the Prairie Indian. It has nothing to do with some of the all the different tribes had such a different look and custom about how they dressed and how they wore their hair and all that stuff. Most of the Prairie Indians were the ones that wore headdresses. And yeah, stuff. yeah, and that, and they say it actually only uh, in a lot of people's mind. It only really originated from one tribe, and uh, oh. and that was the uh, let's see, the, I want to say the Ottawa. That's from who Canada, were known no? as the Ottawa at one time. And you so did. anyway, I just had an interest in Indians. I, I ran around with uh, Indian people, you know, guys. Some of them, and uh, and and the uh, Indian girls, I like to dance with them because they were good dancers, and you know, I dated a few. Yeah. But uh, you know, and ultimately, well, my wife, even though she's referred to as a Chicana, it's I guess she's got like. Uh, we did an ancestry search on her, and so she she's so much Yaki and Mayan both. That's cool. Uh, so, and she said, "Well, it don't say anything about Mexican." And I said, "Well, it's not gonna say that." <laughs> I said, "You, you were either an Indian or you were Hispanic. You know, you were Latin." And we're partying. My my uh, nephew, he did that, and he said, like, our side of the family has, like, Syrian and stuff, like, our grandma. Is that why you're so My hairy? mom's grandma was from Syria. All this crazy stuff. I was like, damn, damn. You're, you're all hairy. But I, I'm like, uh, what? what is that? Is it is it accurate? Because some, they'll be like, I oh, you're. they're just trying to collect your DNA. Right here. I know. It's like they're just trying to get trying your to DNA. Get Cause they were they were showing a whole bunch of stuff where they get people for DNA stuff, and, and they're they, like, "Oh, his DNA popped up." Somebody did a, a I, they're like, "This guy's brother did a ancestry.com thing." Yeah, and the DNA matches the same DNA that 
some guy yeah. was left at a crime scene in 1975, the, 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 and then they go ago, back and look to see the guy's name, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, this guy is the same dude, and, and it ends up being the the brother that was like he was already in prison <coughs> for some other crazy crimes, and it's like, yeah, he's he's in jail right now, but he was already in jail for life or something, but he ended up being the murderer, and they found him from those things. Because his brother did the ancestry, so they matched. And they're like, so if somebody around you did this crime, that's crazy. Because I, I, I watch YouTube, I'll get stuck at night watching like the the crime TV and all that. And I'll be in the, and at night watching, it'll be 2 in the morning, I'll be like, what the fuck, I'm not asleep yet? And, and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep right now. And then I'll watch it, and I'll be like, what, wait up. Wait, I'm like, it was that guy? Because it, it'll be like some dude that's telling the story, and he's like, no, nah, I didn't even kill nobody. I, I was at my sister's house the whole time. I don't even drive a car. And, and you know, I'm not <laughs> even over him. there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, and they're like, oh, we got to let him go. He's, you know, he's, we don't have anything on him. Oh, yeah. Everyone's, and the guy's like, no, he's the one that did it. And then they'll see, a, it'll be a camera across the street. And then you'll see the dude pull up, and he's like, oh, what's up? And it's like, oh, it was him. So then they'll they'll get the SWAT on him, and then they bring him in later. And he's like, man, I told you guys. And it's like, we got you on film. And he was like, one of the dudes, they got him on film, and he looked at the camera. He's like, you think that's me? And it's him. It's like, he's it's like, like, you're wearing the same shirt. Shit, he's huh? like, you're wearing the same sweater. Like, he had taken off the sweater, but he's like, you're wearing this sweater that we have in the car. He's like, just, he's like, so what's going to happen? <laughs> like it's crazy the stories of people i always trip out how these guys like just killed somebody like hours before and they're all calm they're like hey what's going on you, yeah can we ask you questions and they're like yeah and they're like cool i'll be all like oh shit i'll fucking probably they found me in bushes or something all hiding running away from something like I don't know. I'd be going crazy if you just killed somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And they're they're just chilling at the mm-hmm. at their like, oh, he came over to the house, you know. He's hanging out right here. He's in, the, and he'll be doing something in the backyard. It's crazy shit how people are. Shit. They'll be killers that are just calm, and they'll kill somebody right there, and they'll be like, oh, we're kicking it right here, and then, yeah, that's wild how people can do that shit. Control their emotions, how you said no? that guy. Yeah. Where he did that, and he just yeah. was like, what yeah. the fuck's going on right here to the cops? And he just yeah. like, we're here for you. And yeah. he's chilling. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Oh. I always trip out on those on those shows. They get me every every time. Man. You watch those? Yeah. Like the first 48, no? Yeah, first 48. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> they have, a, like, a short thing where they tell the whole story of something. And I'll be like, damn, did they get him at the end or something? And then some are messed up, and they're like, if you guys have any information, you're like, man, like no, nobody found. Remember Unsolved Mysteries when you were a kid? That shit was fucked that up. Was, that one was, that was you, fucked up. We all fucking watching it. Like, all right, change it. Kids getting smashed. We don't want to watch it no more. We all scared watching fucking you, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. You yeah, Did you I watch Unsolved Mysteries? What was it? That show Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah, sometime. Where he would say some crazy stories about some found in, or some in 1973. Like, and Joan was walking. In, in yeah, <laughs> when suddenly this, just only the dog came yeah, back to the house. Can, two years later, a man was arrested. We <laughs> had fucking his her DNA and. <laughs> uh, 
Was uh, was Douglas Highway? Was that America's <laughs> Most Wanted? Douglas uh, Highway or Douglas Boulevard? Douglas remember Highway, res- right? Remember Rescue 911? In Kansas? It was Douglas Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah. Did, uh, was that a But the highway was <laughs> Kellogg. <coughs> that, okay. that was high. That's 66 going through there. That was actually Route 66? Huh? That was actually Route 66? Well, it, it was, I'd say, close enough. It was like uh, thought of. It, it was kind of a shortcut from Houston, uh, <coughs> New Mexico to Kansas City or someplace. Uh, and, it, uh, around the, like when, like the, what, the 60s and 70s when the hippies and all that was a, that movement were were those guys getting tattooed or oh yeah you'd be a lot of crazy weirdos would come through and want to get some political stuff or (coughs) yeah whatever (coughs) well there was there was ones that I I never did know for sure but I suspected were associated with Charlie Manson oh yeah yeah and even though I, it wasn't absolute, but I just believed that to be true. Dude. Yeah, there was. A, I dealt with all kinds there, and we had uh, also the Mongols Motorcycle Club there uh, quite often, and they were, of course, you know, rival gang motorcycle club with. Yeah. Uh, with others in the area, and uh, so there was never any incidents that went down by, in, by, with bikers in there. But we tattooed several clubs there. Yeah. Did what about like drugs and stuff? Did you ever do it like in like in the seventies and stuff? There was like doing acid and all that stuff were you ever into any of that stuff or were you just just smoke well uh, one time unknown to me uh, at that time this guy ran in and he handed handed me or, or I believe it handed directly to me a bag of smoke and said here you go Charlie and so uh I remember thinking, I said, oh, well, thanks, blah, blah, blah. And so later on, uh, I told Jack, I said, well, let's smoke some of this stuff and see what it's all about. So I I filled up a pipe and uh, took maybe two or three hits, maybe, and Jack did the same. And then all of a sudden we were both in La La Land, and <laughs> and, uh, and so this little this this little guy uh, Frajo was the guy that turned me on to all this weed. Well, he didn't say it was angel dust. No. And, and so anyway, so right away I'm thinking like a computer. Where's Jack at? I do not see him. And, you know, so I know I'm kind of processing myself in an unusual way. And I realized that, you know, and I 
I'm thinking, what the hell? And and then I see a wallet on the ground, and I picked it up, and it was Jack's wallet, and it was open to his driver's license, but his picture was a skull. Wow. And and so and I thought, wow, wow Jack's wallet. And then when I, when I analyzed it, you know, when I really analyzed it, you know, I just didn't know what to think either. And uh, anyway, so as it turns out, uh, I think I think that time I called my wife and I said. Babe, I've got to meet the gas man here at 11 o'clock or something in the morning, you know, at the shop. And, and uh, for him to do whatever he needed to do to activate the gas. Because I just always shut it off in the summer because there was no reason for us to have it, you know. And uh, so, anyway... The, uh, having the gas turned off, blah, blah, blah. Where the hell am I going with that? Damn. I lost my thought. What were, where were we going? Talking about? We're talking about, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're all high. We we what the fuck were we talking about, motherfuckers? We were talking about back in the day. And, well, uh, oh, about having her, having her, having her, having her turn, come and meet the gas guy. Yeah. And I says, and I'm, gonna, I'm just, PCP. I said, and I'm, and I'm being. Oh, well, yeah, gonna, there we are. <laughs> and so I said, so I'm going to be crashed in, in my bunk because I had a built-in bunk in my back room <laughs> for reasons that it might, I need, might need to be there, so. Uh, so I, I crashed out back there, and I said, just leave me be. You know, I, I can't talk to nobody. can't be real. If you understand what I'm even saying, and, you know, and so anyway. You were all tripped out? Yeah, I still was just bombed. And, and so, uh, so as it turns out, uh, I, I didn't entertain anything but, you know, laying there until... Almost five o'clock, and I get up and around, and here comes Jack through the door. So we haven't even opened the shop yet, and and here comes two brothers of mine that I've tattooed. I mean, uh, two brothers that are clients of mine that I tattooed before. Yeah. And so here they come, and uh, and and they said, uh, Tony says. Uh, Hey man, you, you got any good smoke? And I said, Yeah, but you don't want this. And he says, Oh yeah, come on, man. And I said, Hey man, I have walked you into your bedroom and put you to bed personally. Yeah, I can testify what you can handle and what you can't. And I'm telling you, you can't handle this. And <clears throat> so anyway. He, he was he was quite adamant, you know. And oh well, fuck, you know. I thought you come on, Holmes, and and uh, and I said, okay, smartass. So I I fired up that pipe and and handed it to him, and he took maybe two or three, <laughs> oh, hit, two yeah. or three hits, and then his brother took two or three hits, and 
and then, then <laughs> when I turned around after <laughs> after his brother lighting up and kind of you know looking at each other for a couple <laughs> minutes there. Well, I turned back around, and here Tony is, and he's laying there with his head down on the work table, and he's just convulsing, you know, and, and oh, he's, shit. he's foaming and at the oh, mouth shit. and all this shit, you know, and so I, I grabbed him, and I jerked him up, and I just popped him right in the chest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, came, he came out of it. It worked? Huh? It worked? Oh, well, he turned in, he got him out of that trance, but my God, he was, uh, he, he kept talking about it's coming down, it's coming down, man, the gold's coming down, it's coming down, I'm telling you, the gold's coming down, and he starts ranting like that, and, and I said, I told Jack, took, go close the place up, man, now we gotta babysit these fools all night, because they're so fucking macho. They think they they can handle anything, you know, and I said, "Well, I don't want nobody handling this anymore." And I think a, a hammer, I smashed that pipe, man. Yeah, I get this. And, over and I thought, "Fuck it." So, Flaho uh, uh, was my, he was on my shit list. That's uh, yeah. Oh boy, gave us that bullshit, huh? Uh, We're coming Fraho, over here with that fucking fucked up weed, too. getting us all wild. Of course, that's his name. Huh, Frau? Yeah, how do you think he got that name? Get this guy out of here. That fool gets lit. Hey, uh... PCP. Tell me a joke, Tommy. What is the joke that... I don't know. Oh, what was the joke that, uh... Brad said he had some cool jokes, and he was telling us a joke about the alligator... The, the guy with the alligator that walked into the bar... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he could probably tell it better. No, it's always better when you tell it. That's for dang sure. That's a good one. And the, well, let me see. Th- I got to think how that goes, even. And the knock-knock joke about the cowboy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knock-knock. Who, who's, who's there? Yeah, who's there? Uh... Tick. Tick. Tick who? Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty funny. <laughs> it's just silly, but it's just funny. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what the hell is it? Tick. 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 Tick him up, I'm a tongue-tied cowboy. Oh, yeah, tick, tick him up, I'm a tongue-tied cowboy. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah we were laughing. Uh-huh. I noticed lately that uh, when you start telling jokes, like with, like I'm over here like just like acting or sounding really smart and like, oh, I remember four jokes in a row and they're all good. You're always like, one joke will remind you of something else. Across yeah. the table will always be like, oh, that just reminded me of the fucking nun joke I would know or the fucking whatever joke. It always brings them back quick. And you'll, bring, you'll bust them out, huh? Yeah, but you gotta have somebody else busting out jokes too that'll like bring you back into it. Yeah. Seems to be the way it works with jokes. I always suck at telling jokes. I try to tell a joke, I fucking forget. I'm like, oh, fuck, never mind. Yeah, but you're funny enough. You yeah, make things fucking, funny. 
joke. I just tell stories. I'll just tell a story about fucking whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh. One time I was shit. fucking whatever. When I was a little kid, fucking this. Like, I, I told the story before. My, my friend, he they had a cat. His family, like his family, they had a cat, and the cat she had kittens. Like she ran, she not she would like get out. Well, she ended up coming back and she was pregnant. So the mom, she she got pregnant. So the mom being out, it was fucked up. But the mom took her all the way out to the mountains, like drove out to to like Walker's Pass. It's like out out of town, on the freeway, and in, went into the mountain to drop the cat off. And the fucking later, like, not thinking nothing of it. Later on, I don't know, a month or whatever later, the fucking cat came back and they had the kittens. Like, she brought her fucking cats with her. There was, like, four cats with her and the cat came back all the way to the house. And they, she left them, like, she left the cat in the mountain. She's like, I left that shit. I left her far as hell. That's like, insane. she wouldn't think it came back and they came huh. back with her little kittens. They got that, like, cat sense. Ain't that wild? That's wild. You've had a lot see. of cats that have probably been born in this backyard, huh? Why does he think? Yeah, they have. But they Ooh, were never ours know. personally. Like in the fence. It's like just the water pure desert. Stuff, or the, we have plenty of them. Yeah. The but, you know, we haven't had any. In a long time? Like yeah, probably 10, in three. Probably, 15 probably two or three years now, we haven't had any living up there. Yeah. Last time, well, a long time ago when I was here, we, me and you found some in that fence back over there in that corner. Oh, yeah. I remember because that fence is like wide at the bottom. Yeah. It's got two planes to it. So Uzi. Yeah. He can hear him cry. Yeah. Uzi. Okay. But we don't have yeah, pets personally cat. other than the koi uh, that were living in that pond. And uh-huh. this, now it's just it's poison, and, and my wife is so pissed at me because I poured Roundup in there, and she says, oh, you're going to contaminate the whole earth, practically, you know? And I said, that's going to evaporate off with the water, and... and the earth will kick some Roundup's ass. The people, can people fucking douse that shit other, yeah. other places anyway, so... Anyway, so I'm... We're, I'm okay with... Uh, Having a garden there, <laughs> and it, one thing we we haven't talked about with uh, with you is uh, the tattoo, the heritage project that you got going. Yeah, well, that's another thing that let's probably what my main focus is, I guess, anymore is trying to get people to even be concerned about it because a lot of people just live in the present continuously. Not realizing that they're creating the past and the, and entering the future as well, and all of it matters. Uh, and I think there's just so much that people can learn about each other's the individuality of maybe the tattooers themselves that you know created the uh, interesting life they've had and and the. Uh, you could well. You, I, I would think like it to be where you could do research on any uh, individual that you wanted to that's ever been recorded in history anywhere. You know, and uh, I realize it's a pretty daunting task to have a, such a magnificent. Uh, you know, I would say. You know, uh, nice 
present for the tattoo lovers of the world. I, I just think it's uh, very important to preserve and protect the whole uh, concept of tattooing and uh, just unify everyone in the uh, on the uh, educational aspects of it all because a lot of these young people that are are waving a little wand around in their hand and doing, you know, really creative stuff from time to time. Well, I don't know. Where was I going with that? Uh, anyway, I'm probably just ranting and raving because smoking a lot of weed here. I know. Uh, yeah. We fucking passed around the joint after joint doing the circle. I think we're at like 11. We were, yeah, we were just... And we did before this. Not only on the show, we no, were. I'm been, pretty sure we're at like 11. Yeah. Since breakfast. It's going down. We ate the. Did you eat? Were you able to, to eat the breakfast or not yet? Uh, no, I haven't, yeah. No. It's but, going down. Yeah, the burrito. No, but so the Heritage Project, it's gonna, you're gonna try to do it out in Long Beach? Yeah, well, that's my idea. Uh, where I think it should be because, first of all, not because of my personal history there, although I enjoyed my years there, but which was about three at the max. But there was, uh, well, it's the, it's the harbor of Los Angeles, so it's an international port, and, uh, and it's midway between San Francisco, or not exactly geographically, but it's between San Diego and San Francisco, the only two other uh, major ports that would be have a, a large uh, tattoo community. But the West Coast tattooers uh, that grew up and and uh, you know got their start in history at, at the Pike were quite a few. Uh, Zeke Owen and among many others but there was uh, I, I think to me I think there's not enough knowledge about any of it I mean you know when you stop and think about not just the tools that have been used to tattoo because man's going to mark himself some way or another you know and uh so yeah, it so runs everywhere from, you know, the boar's tooth to the cactus thorn or, you know. The cuts. Yeah, or the incision and packing the ashes in there or the charcoal or, yeah. So the men are going to mark themselves regardless. And, uh, well, why am I saying all of that? Just 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 to say that uh, I would like to see uh, you know actual presentations of designs that were known to have been in archaeological times on primitive man as that we think of as primitive man uh, and that they what these concepts meant but I like I just just like uh, I, I to me here's how I think of it there should be maybe 10 little mini uh, photo, a photo booth type thing, like a porno booth or something, 
where you could just sit in there and play like <laughs> ten different programs and change it, you know, that are on the menu there. That are, you know, you could look at tattoo shops or tattoo. You could stop anyone, start anyone you want, back and forth. And you then at the end, if you, want, if you want to keep any of it for your own record, you could walk out and pay so much for that 15 minutes he wanted to hear about, you know, yeah. Cap Coleman or somebody. Right. And so, like and you could. Public can, library. Yeah, and so, but it would just be real private, you know. Hopefully vented where you could smoke as well as, you know, watch all these little mini well, movies. People won't want to leave. Crazy. They'll yeah. stay right there. They'll be kicking back. Like, hey, you have to kick them out. Charlie Papers. Imagine some good time Charlie Papers and some fucking a good time Charlie joint <laughs> at the door. Buy a good sit time Charlie joint. Right with you. Uh-huh. You'd sit down and be in there it's all day tough, in the yeah, smoking tough. room. Yeah. Hey, if the airport can have one, you guys can have one. They have those at the airport. Maybe not in, at LAX, but... Oh, the where you smoke? Yeah, remember the airports have the smoking rooms? Yeah. yeah. And cigar bars have that shit. I think they're starting to do the the smoking lounges with where yeah. you can smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venice but, had that shit a long time ago. They had hash... hash yeah, they used to do that shit they, before that shit was even legal. They were like, fuck it. it. You, could, yeah. you could go and get an ID. You would just sit in... It would be a guy who'd come out. Yeah, with the, he a, would just have a little suit like yeah. a doctor, like a jacket. <laughs> he would just come out and he'd be like, "Hey, how's it going?" He'd be like, "What's going on?" He's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'd be like, "Man, my back's hurting. I'm all fucked yeah. up. I can't even fucking walk right. I don't even know how I'm here." And then they'll be like, "All right, cool." He'll just sign a fucking paper. You go fifty dollars, and then they'll give you an ID. Then you could you had a medical weed card. That was before. Yeah. And then I remember I don't know what happened where we try to use it like. At some some place to get like a discount, they're like, "This ain't even a real fucking license." We're like, "What? We paid fifty (laughs) dollars." Fucking pint used to work at Sideshow Tattoo down there, and uh, our buddy Mike on that spot, and fucking there was a weed store right next door, like a doctor, just like that. And we'd be out front smoking and shit, and people would come to the door all day long, banging on the door. You motherfucker! Yeah, I'm not kidding. It was one of those fools. Yeah. So maybe they were selling (laughs) fake licenses. Oh, they would do that shit all day, dude. That was. No, uh, some, I still get a fucking reminder. I'll be like, who the fuck is calling me? And then they'll leave a message and it's like, oh, just reminding you to renew your cannabis fucking oh, license yeah, of as of September. I'm like, hey, I don't want to yeah, fucking, yeah. I'm not renewing this. Shit, I bought some plane tickets in Mexico. Work. Only got me fucking from like uh, uh, Oaxaca, or not Oaxaca, but uh, way down south, fucking all the way up to Mexico City. What and then they let two of us on the plane, and then me and Kiki, they, our tickets didn't work anymore. But we bought them in, like, a supermarket and shit. What, tickets? Yeah, like a travel agency. Dog, and then you couldn't hard. use them? Yeah, once we got there, fucking, and I didn't speak no Spanish, but, but Kiki was from TJ. Like, Kiki fucking had hey, it handled. Yeah, yeah. They let the two piercers on, dude, and they kept the two tattooers fucking back. It was the silliest thing ever. It was, like, backwards. You're like, okay. You're like Kiki. Yeah, he's not leaving. He's all my bad. Nah, nah, Kiki didn't leave me, bro. Oh, he stayed with yeah, you? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But it was the gnarliest thing. Like, our tickets only made us from there to... Uh, oh, we were in Aguas. Aguas Caliente. Yeah. We were way down there. Were you tattooing, or were you guys just partying? Yeah, we went to a tattoo convention, and it was, yeah. sucked for me, dude. I had no money. I had to keep borrowing money. Goleth yeah. was, like, king of the world down there. Sorry, who are you? Left me stranded. Like that was actually right when I started working for Jack. And uh, I was like, man, I, I can't stay any longer. I, got, I, got, I had to get my shifts covered, you know? Like, I only got this many more days until I got to be back. He's like, oh, don't worry, we're leaving, we're leaving. 
So I used the last of my money to take a taxi down to the airport. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we don't have no flights back to TJ until the end of the week. I'm like, you motherfucker, you lied to me. I was so pissed, dude. So I was just stuck in this hotel with no money. That's just the worst, being yeah. in TJ with no money. Trying to find a bottle of water just to brush my teeth and shit. You're like, Please. I ain't trying to be spoiled, but I just say I ain't fucking like Amazon. No, yeah, like yeah. That, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I was rolling down cobblestone streets getting like goat cheese quesadillas and shit. Yeah. It was fucking gnarly. That's way yeah, deep, and then, like, fuck it, I'll just... Like, if you were in TJ or something, you'd be like, fuck it, I'll just go walk across the border. I made, like, 100, 160 bucks at the tattoo convention, but it wasn't very much. I went through it pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, like, I already owed. Like, yeah, it was gnarly. We took, a, we took a flight from TJ in the middle of the night, fucking from there all the way down there. Like a That's straight a- flight. There was little old ladies with, like, baskets on their heads and yeah. shit. It was gnarly for me. Just like, damn, that's crazy. You're in the Southwest. And you you do have you traveled like to other countries like for tattooing or to talk about tattooing? Well, I've traveled. A, I've been to other countries to some degree, but on on my way to Guam, where my son was stationed, we did went to Hawaii for the first time on a stop there to transfer to a flight from there to Japan and then we had a 13 hour layover until the flight to Guam from Japan so we spent those 13 hours in Japan uh, going and coming but uh, as it turns out we had no problem uh but it was, it was, I mean, the second time. But the first time, we were completely lost, standing in the middle of the, of, of the almost barren big building and looking at this thing where you're supposed to buy tickets, we think. And then we're trying to figure out what kind of money matches the money we have that we need to use. And there's not, we just don't speak Japanese. Yeah. And yet, we've got to figure out how do we get from there, where we are, out to, to this uh, temple out there and, uh, in Narita. And so, so we, that's where we went. And uh, when we got there and my wife came back and she says, the toilet ring is on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, they squat. Most Asians just squat, you know. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. Do they have regular restrooms or no? Oh, well, like. So or that's it. That's all they have. Now. That's their shit. That's the way they do it. They're like, well, you better get with the fucking program, punk. We don't care I mean, how you pee. Power squat. Fools will be like, stance. fuck it, I'm going to go in the bucket and just throw it in the trash and fuck it. That's the power stance, man. <laughs> Me? I'd be like, I'm getting a bucket with the hole. You never try to just cut the like bottom that? of the bucket <laughs> off? Put it right there and yeah, let's go. Works. I'll bring it with me. Yeah. Where are you going to bring it to? <laughs> I'm fucking cruising. That's the gardener's like, stance, What's man. What's up with that bottomless bucket, dog? I'm like, look, well, you're going to find out. How long you been here? You got an RV dump around uh, here? <laughs> you're going to be looking for me. But, hey, Tommy, you got the bucket? Nope. Tommy over here taking a shit. Would you share buckets <laughs> if we you made one of those yeah. buckets? Yeah, if you had to. Fuck Charlie, it. would you share the bucket? The poop bucket. Uh, if you're the poop bucket. In the bucket. 
Well, that, why not? If dig there's only one up. of them, huh? Yeah. You could dig a hole. Yeah. Share the hole or like you're changing holes? No, definitely. Like, hey, fool, that's my hole over there. Yeah, I probably wouldn't want to share a hole, but I mean, you shared a porta potty if you have to. Yeah, that's true. So just dig a just deep, a big just be like, hole. just dig it deep, fool. I, I shared in so many outhouses as a kid. Yeah. Hey, when you I know, th- it was just some some were two holers even yeah. where you could sit, sit side, side by side. side. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I first hey. got to Modesto, I went to the park and I laid in the park for a little bit before the sun went down, and I fucking went in the public bathroom over there. Yeah. And there was some fool with a bike right there, and he was taking a shower or doing whatever. And I had been in there earlier when I first hit the park, and then I smashed the water. I went back and I had to take a piss, and I noticed that the fucking shitter was just like, I mean, filled to the brim with something gnarly. So I used the other the other one by the sink. And, uh, man, when I rolled back in there, this fool was in there. He's like, oh, yeah, all right, go ahead, go ahead. And I went and took a piss, and he, like, walked back into the fucking that toilet, and he's like, oh, someone took a fucking gnarly one in here, and he fucking flushed it, <laughs> you right? You thought it was you? No, I, no, no, no. I don't know what he was doing while I was taking a piss. I was just thinking, like, damn, I'm turning my back on this fool and just sitting here taking a piss. Hey, and when I fucking was done, I started turning around and fucking to go out the door. He's like, hey, you going to come in here? Like, you could, like, you know, like, like I felt like I was sharing a cell for a second. Closer, dog. I You're just like, felt oh, like I was we... sharing a cell for a second. He's like, you coming in here? Oh. So I just turned <laughs> like, I ain't going that way. I'm going out the door. There was uh, uh, horseshoe uh, things right there. Those fools are getting down. Horseshoe pits? Horseshoe yeah. Pits. There's some badass ones, actually. I'm sure you know where that is, where there's some, like, big horseshoe pits in the park uh, here. Um, fuck, I'm so high, I can't remember Were you ever good at Did you ever do it? Seda Park, I think, Adam. Seda? Yeah. That's where there's downtown. a skate park off uh, right across the street from uh, on the other side of Coffee and Sylvan, actually. Yeah. It would be Five on that. Fire High. The west side of, uh, sorry, the east side of uh, Coffee on yeah. Sylvan. Yeah. Oh, get you all fucking yeah. The skate park. <laughs> yep, there's a big skate they park. Got a, they got a new restaurant there on that vacant lot that was there forever, and it's called uh, well, Somebody's Memos Cocina y Tequila Bar. Oh, and yeah. Big, it's big and brand new. Huh? It's big and brand new. Yeah, and so I've been there twice, looking. and this one, what did it? What is it? Uh, chile, ahogada. Oh, torta ahogada. Uh, well, like a like a sandwich dipped in. It's like all wet, like a wet uh, torta. Food, you ever had one of those? <laughs> well, it's a bomb. Oh, that really? Somebody crashed right oh, now. Live. Here on the podcast, that was a car accident for sure. Uh, we heard it live. Didn't sound too too fast. We heard the ambulance earlier. Now we heard something. And when you hear the doom, you know it's something. Somebody got hit. Oh, it sounded like a couple people split, huh? Some, did you imagine they jumped the fence right here? Hey, we'll put them on the podcast. What? Well, how does it feel? Crashing, running away oh, from what if I can? Thing. They'll fall in the pond. Hey, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Would you mind telling these guys uh, some of your early days hitchhiking stories? Because those are some of my favorite. Like when uh, you jumped in the car with those dudes that were going to take you to California, and the old man jumped in, and those two brothers oh, yeah. in the oh, yeah. front seat yeah. got the guys. Yeah, so I, I couldn't decide what I was going to do, where I was going to be, California or Kansas. So. This was 59 and 60, and so I was back and forth, and 
I just get would get it one end, just get there, and a week or two later I think, ah, oh, why can't I figure it out over there in California? And uh, but I, for one thing, I, the, tat, the professional tattoo world seemed kind of foreign to me because I, I, I didn't really necessarily think of tattooing as I was the kind I was seeing. Traditional tattoos, in those days, I just thought of it more like carnival art, you know, which it does. That does have, it has its roots there, for sure, in the circus days and so on. But uh, Did you ever get but, into any of that, like uh, the carnivals or fucking the sideshows tattooing them? Or tattooing for like... like I don't know, like at a carnival or circus well, or something? Well, uh, where I worked, it was a carnival at the Pike. Or like, or, or did you ever tattoo, like, if they had a tattoo lady or something? Oh, did you one, tattoo of, the, her? one of the attractions there? Yeah. No. Uh, I was more familiar with the rock man than anybody. But at the at the Pike, they had old they had attractions like that, huh? Oh, like yeah, a freak show? Human, human oddities of and all kinds. How was that with those guys? Well, it was pretty cool, uh, but that was one of the first things they did away with. Uh, but and then they found inside the uh, the fun house or whatever, where you're on a, a little railroad car and it lights are flashing and it spins around and uh-huh. you know some of those things. Well, that for years and years there was a a male figure in this chair like you know like he's well dead obviously and uh and so they when that those rides were all taken down and they uh, tore this went back in there and tore this area open and here's this guy sitting there in this chair uh that's a real mummy you know this guy had mummified in there it was a victim of foul play, and he died right there, but he kind of became... And he was right there? They made him? Huh? They made him a part of the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he, he just... And everybody just thought it was, uh, you know, just a dummy. And, and it was a real Real mummy? Dead, dead guy that had mummified. How many years was he there? Huh? How many years do you think it was there? Oh, I don't know. They they think thirty years or so at that time. And it was that, a guy that he had killed, maybe the twenties. Maybe uh, that guy maybe killed him, and he just mummified him or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe you know. The guy that built the amusement park made an example out of him. He was like a worker that didn't fucking that <laughs> crazy didn't, shit. Like, follow the follow the path. And those carnival guys were really rowdies too. I mean, they were ready to go down in a heartbeat, man. If the if the L.A. gangbangers came out there and started shit, you know, and, and they thought they were going to control anything, man, the alarm went out. And these these fuckers, all these guys that worked the rides and all the joints, you know, where you knock down dolls and stuff, man, they'd be on these guys like nobody's business and. Uh, so it was quite interesting the mixture of humanity that was on the pike because you, it was mainly I thought of as an, a naval port 
because at one time, well, when I went there in 59, there was half a million sailors always Jeez. in port there. And everyone was getting tattooed. Yeah. Fucking yeah. like eagles, their name. And Patriotic stuff. And you yeah. got a piece of that? Tattooing all the sailors or, or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, the uh, uh, not just the, the, the military sailors, but the... All these guys that were on merchant ships that had sailed from, you know, they're Norwegian or something, but they just came around the coast of South America, and now they're... Were, were you ever around in, like, the Pachuco days? Like, uh, the Pachuco riots and the, the... You know how they had all that with all the sailors and... Well, and, uh, that was a little pre- premature on my time. Yeah. Uh, that I, was before you were over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... That, that World War Two, yeah, that was like what forty eight or something. Yeah, that, it went from no, the 40, zoot, 40, 40 zoot suit earlier from the zoot suitors. Earlier, the, you went from the zoot suitors to the pachucos to the cholos to the. Well, yeah. The, I got a the cool story on the pachucos. <laughs> the I got a cool story on how the pachucos they they That's started awesome. and how they got their name. Was yeah they they well my my uncle and them back in the day they were young they uh, they were from Juarez which is a border town to El, 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 El Paso, Paso but they call it El Chuco Chuco they were like oh you know so the guys from Juarez would go and dance because they had that music swing and all that they would go Pachuco when they would ask them hey pa dónde vas Pachuco we're going to fucking Chuco to go dance and they would dress up like that and all that so. They started calling them Pachuco, so that's the name they got because they were the guys that would dance. They were from Juarez, but they would go Pachuco to dance, and they were called Pachucos yeah. because they were the guys that dressed all slick and yeah. talked all with the slang, and they they danced to swing, yeah. and the boogie, the Pachuco boogie music. You know, they yeah. they played this this music and and they would dance to it, and yeah. he's and my, they it was all about dancing. So he's like it, it was like. They, that's what it was all about is dancing yeah. he thought they would pick up my uncle from Juarez uh. to bring him to El Paso but that's how the Pachucos got started was they were they would go Pachuco to Chuco so they the Pachucos and then those a lot of those guys came to LA for work and they started that oh, the gang stuff and became it became gang stuff after that started you know? that gang stuff that's hey, when it all started over here. Hey, can I ask you this, Charlie? Uh, one, when's uh, the first time you remember seeing, like, CS graffiti and stuff like that? What? Probably when I was about eight or ten, yeah. I would say. I like became were, conscious uh, of it. Yeah. Because I yeah, lived all yeah. over Texas. That, uh, and most joint? every place I lived, I was pretty close oh, to uh, a Mexican community. Chico. Not Chico. always, but... At school, if there was any Mexican yeah. guy there, I was usually friends with them. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so in Texas, uh, you had to be, uh, well, you had to almost be out of Texas, I guess, not to see that somewhere on a fence, yeah. you know, because... The Gonzafos, como siempre. Yeah. So, anyway, <coughs> I just always saw that and uh, and and thought, you know, that's why I'm going to put it on my business card, you know. Yeah. 
And, and you ate. Hey, were you one of the first dudes that started pulling that one out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. first one out. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's tight. Yeah. And everyone, you see, that's like a you know it 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 a whole bunch of people do that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's that's cool. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm the one that started using it uh, back then uh, on a continuous basis, and and I know it. You know, uh, spread from there, and in a large degree, for sure. Certainly, I wasn't the only one that ever knew anything about any of that, but but I was the one that I guess you know, I guess popularized it to some as some aspect anyway. And did, did you guys? Are you or you are you who started all? You know how the the shading, but were just black, the different shades. The breakdowns, like the but drops, you know, like the how yeah. they break it down in, in like. Well, to me, I, to me, it? I always thought that was the secret was the uh, the the degradation of of it all, and so that's why I appreciated the skin as much as the black, and that I guess what one would call. Uh, whip shading or powder shading or I didn't know if they've got a hundred names for it all but uh, that's the secret sauce right there is how you what sort of uh, finish there is to it you know not just a cool shape or form but so I don't know and quite often I think I left too much skin but the point was always across I I thought you know and sometimes I I really see and understand the need for super black in some cases. You know, I can see that. But if it's fresh skin and it's not cover-ups and all that, well, you can say, I guess you can say less is more. Yeah. Sometimes. And you... And... and you guys were co- still cool with if people wanted color tattoo or you're like chale well in my case when people when I would ask people so is this going to be colored or just black and they'd go well how would you do it and I said well I just do it black and they go why and I go well for one thing it's probably going to be cheaper another thing it's going to heal faster and another thing, it's going to last longer. So there you go. Three good reasons. And, and I think that is it in a nutshell. It's the simplest form you could present the, that idea, I think, with the, with the best effect by just using black and whatever lies between that and the skin. Yeah, tone itself, you know. I just think it's a perfect combination, skin and ink. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm. In my case, I I still I have respect for all of it, but I always thought to myself, how 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 can this be that difficult? I remember thinking that about, that's why I, about professional tattooing, I was kind of amazed. I thought, well, really, tattooing, any child can do this, you know. I mean, 
Look, if you got a fat enough crayon or a big enough fat marker, you can correct anything. You know, well, it's <laughs> Just kindergarten. Make the line it's kindergarten stuff, but you, you know, but you, a single needle's not going to lie to you. You know, I mean, it, it reveals itself right away whether you have it or not. And that personifies so, a lot in yeah. tattooing. That statement right there. Yeah. So. That's crazy, but I but I always did think that you know, just exactly that that, well you know that's why I just didn't see why it was any such a big deal to be a a tattooer, but you know from a professional standpoint you know, but anyway, uh, so I always uh, eventually I switched to a uh, a single ten colonial needle because you could solder it straight on a needle bar without any other support whereas with the 12 you had to use a, a tight three and then pull down that one a little farther yet and to get that single well i eventually switched to a 10 because you could put it directly on the bar with one soldered number and plus, it gave you just a tiny bit stronger line, and uh, I just preferred it. So I, I used that all my career. Wow! Yeah, yeah. a single ten. Wow! <laughs> yeah, three pointer. Uh, no, well, no. Eventually, oh, the the single that was if it was a twelve. Yeah. yeah. Then you just pulled one further down, but. And I didn't think that was any big deal at all. Jack makes it sound like we really had to work to figure all that out. But yeah, he zigzagged his needles before too, huh? Huh? He, I saw him with a needle where the, uh, the down. three wasn't on the right side, so he flipped it over, <clears throat> and the needle came out and it made a Z to so it would so the needle you know you had to put the needle bar in there yeah. so the needle bar is riding down. Kind of like upside down, right? Yeah, he flipped it over. So it floated right. Yeah, the, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I couldn't believe that shit. Tattoo talk. Some kind, some kind of trick. And yeah. so uh, uh, he wouldn't throw away a single needle outliner because we back then we used what we call cold sterilization. Right. And uh, so we just uh, we just rinsed them off in the in the sink and <laughs> and, uh, and then we would stick them in Barnes uh, uh, Barnes Heinz uh, wedding solution. In a you know in a test tube full of that and uh, put some alcohol in there if I can and that was you know I'm ready to go for the next one <laughs> and so uh, what was I going to say about that about the sterilization aspect of it I guess something about making needles for singles and the yeah not putting them on the threes using the tens yeah you were telling us too about how tattooing now, how uh, when you walk into a shop, it ain't this, how sometimes it's, you don't hear that business anymore. You yeah. hear, you, you hear, yeah, it's silent, you know, and everyone's busy, but it's silent. It's like the smell, you said, you don't, you don't, you don't smell, the, it's not the same smell when you walk in somewhere. Like, how do you feel about guys going from the coil, you know, how everyone's like loyal to the coil to, 
working with with machines. You know, like how, what do you guys call them, the dildos? Yeah. Like, oh, the how, pen, what do you, pen, what what, yeah. is, what is that? Sex, how do you feel about that? Pens. Do you think it's cool that that people switch? Like it's like it's like man, that's a new way of tattooing. Like it was always changing. We're always looking for a better way, easier. Or do you just look at it as it's like it, they kind of lost the aspect of that noise you know nah, there's people at tattoo land that kill it with those pens no that's what i'm saying like yeah. you guys you but how do you do you, it's like i don't I'll, I'll stick to my my machines or do you guys are like oh i'll give it a whirl and try uh, some of that stuff i've had a i've had a swash drive once so i'm sticking to my claw machines yeah you can make soft tattoos of jim dandies and shit like that yeah what do you think about and you, the, the charlie pens? about well, like the new I personally re- never really ever worked with rotaries to speak of. And when I did, I, I just didn't care for it. But uh, since I started doing more and more of these uh, little signature things at, at uh, conventions, well, uh, a lot of times they'll say, oh, just use my machine, you know, in my spot and uh, this and that. And I said, well, it'll have to be because... You know, I didn't bring anything, and so, so they're working with a dildo. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I committed myself to doing it, uh, but yes. I did. I couldn't really, I would say, ever really feel. I don't want to say comfortable, but I just didn't have the same internal feeling about it all because to me working with the rotary it was like more like working with a nail and and yeah and yet on a coil you'll have there's a relaxation point for a split second there that's required i think in the oscillation that's just like a little hesitation on the return or something that i i can't really name but that's that's a magic spot I think that uh, I recognize that means good tattooing and not that the other can't deliver the goods but you know to me there's a if it don't have that little uh, and then zoom <laughs> well it's just a little it's oh, yeah. even, what I mean, even yeah, it's gotta have yeah. a little uh. <laughs> yeah there's, it's just like a slight relaxation or, or something there. Just for a, I don't know. It's a way, the way you just can't, you can't duplicate it, really. It's a little yeah. give, yeah. Yeah, a, a little give to it, yeah. That's a way to think about it. Well, rotary hits really hard, you just got to turn it way down, huh? Well, you go, I, well I, I'm not really you know, I, I don't know. It, to don't me, know. it's not, it's just not... I don't know. It's not the uh, it's not the force it's hitting with. It's just I just can't appreciate the feeling of it somehow. Huh. And even though uh, one guy, I thought, wow, because most of them I didn't like because I've only done maybe five or six now with the rotaries. But when I the ones I've done. I would say most of them probably felt kind of top-heavy to me. So I appreciated the hand in the coil machine more for the balance somehow. 
Right. But, but, uh, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I've heard, you know, Nick and my son and my grandson, they, they both like to, uh, outline with, uh, with a, a coil machine and then shade it with a, a rotary. But I'm not real sure I'd ever really ever be switching to a rotary. I don't know. And I haven't used them enough. Huh. Well, yeah. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I've had one swash drive at one point. And I've messed with the rotary, with you know, like a little make-your-own or a semi-professional, but I'm, I'm only from someone else's toolbox, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Seems like something you'd have to get used to, I guess. That could be better. I think maybe it could leave less trauma on the skin, but I've been so used to coils just having a good machine that you can turn down really, really soft and just, you know, yeah. graze that sucker over and over. I don't know much about the coils, but at the same time, there's guys that make, like, you know, like Shag and Mike Pike and these different dudes that make, like, really, really cool stuff that I'm sure has the ability to turn down like that. But I've never been a fan of it, or not a fan of it, but I've never, like, experimented with it. What I meant to say was, like, the Dan Cubans and machines like that, I've never been a fan of that are, like, some hard-hitting little box thing, you know. Whereas these other dudes are like mastered the like the bitching way to make a rotary that seems like a coil machine kind of you know yeah. Jojo and Mike made one together a long time ago that was like super bitching it had this like big thing like this under it looked like the Starship Enterprise crazy machine bad, dude <laughs> yeah those dudes like kind of him and Shag I, in my opinion like they pretty much mastered the rotary type stuff you know all that. Yeah, they, the all the new machines that are coming out, like it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but they pulled the good stuff out of rotaries. Those two yeah. dudes for sure, and JoJo for sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, we've been here for a while. We're all fucking stoned and having a good time. I want to thank you. We're uh, at thirteen joints. Uh, yeah, we're at thirteen joints. <laughs> I want to thank you, Charlie, for for letting us. You know, come out here and and hear your stories and and letting us be a, a part a little bit of, of you know your you know getting getting your story out there we want you know we I, everyone i want to thank you i want to thank brad for coming out here drew coming out here modesto for thank the long you. drive just everything you know david for taking these pictures but you know charlie like thank you you know we appreciate you giving us some of your time and allowing us in and having, you know, some drinks with us, some good times, some joints, 13 joints and counting, you know. And, uh, you know, this is the beginning of, you know, hopefully we get a round two, you know, when you come out to our way. You come down to the Suavecito store. It's really cool. Check out our studio or get uh, check out the store. It's awesome down there. But, you know, thank you for, for having us here. And... Uh, Everyone who's watching, check out down below. The links are going to be there. So you can check out the Heritage Project here in Long Beach, California. They're going to have a show November 5th. Uh, all the links are going to be below. So you can click on it, get merch, anything you want, uh, stories, and link directly to Charlie to get whatever you would like from him. Uh, and once again, thank you guys for being here. And 
holding it down, you know? But yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, but thank you for, for, for being here. Thank, thank you, you Carl. Tom.